Hi, this is Dave Dorman, Star Wars artist extraordinaire, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Have fun! Beautiful. Hey, we all good for, I guess, next Wednesday, even though everything good for that? Oh, yeah. Is it, is, uh, so is Rome going to be in the background? Well, that's what I was going to say. The, uh, we might have the giant Aussie uh, piping in. Well, how awesome would that be? I know. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I believe, I'm pretty sure I'm Wednesday. Yeah, no, because it's... And then I don't know how I'm going to do it, though. With wake my ass up early Thursday and drive. I guess I could try an open mic and see how that goes. Do you have two inputs? Don't laugh. <laughs> Three, buddy. <laughs> Three, buddy. Yeah. Three, buddy. Yeah. Um, uh, no. I mean, he's got. A, he's gonna have his own laptop. So well, there you go. We'll just let him piggyback off your Wi-Fi. Yeah, I'll just. Um, well, I think is I just don't know if he has a headphone. Yeah, I'm sure Roland has a headphone. <laughs> <laughs> Not he'll get one. He'll build one. Right. He'll build one. I'll tell him he needs to build one between now and then. Hey, Roland, do you want to be? <laughs> he'll build one. I don't know. Last, last year, he's like, yeah, I'm looking to build my own 3D printer. We're like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> Jason, uh, mate, do you have a box of tissues <laughs> and a rubber tip, band, yeah, a bit of wire, freaking MacGyver eraser, and a coconut? MacGyver and shit. He's the professor. Uh, I love the that. Professor. Oh, I'm dropping all my shit here. Hey, everybody! It's eleven o'clock comics, episode three hundred and thirty-six, and I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. All day long. All day long. All day strong, coming at you like a nightmare. I'm Childish Gambino. Uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. You do not what? read Facebook Messenger. I saw it, but I don't know what that is. Right. Like, what is that? What that is? That, that yeah. is a person. Who it is? It's a rapper. A rapper. Um, well, Who dropped, is- who dropped a, a mixtape today, unexpectedly, that uh, quickly caught fire. Among we rap fans, and I listened to it all day and thought it was phenomenal. Oh, it must be the Kanye thing, right? No, he's not Kanye. His name's Childish Gambino. But you, Kanye- you, you did a you did a Kanye reference in. Oh, I made a reference that he's like he's the album was like Kanye level creative. Only he's Gambino remembered that we still want to listen to it and. and, and <laughs> We don't we don't want to just marvel at the technical creativity. We actually want to enjoy this music. Oh, I thought that that last Kanye was great, and I'm not a rapper. Again, as I said when we talked about it, I thought it was it was a, a it was an illustration of his of his genius, uh, but it was much more um, academic to me. It was in some ways a display of his creativity, but not in a way that I can sit and listen to it as music. So, so you're missing the raw. You're missing the rawness, the heat. Well, and I think I mentioned this to you when that album came out. I thought it was the closest thing to hip-hop meets Zappa ever, which doesn't surprise me that you would have enjoyed it. There are some things that are close. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And I liked just a freak-out one where he's singing with the trees in the background. And he's screaming, and that's a that's a great little song. But anyway, no, you're not Gandalfi Gambato. <laughs> you, you are Jason Wu. And, and by the way, the other thing about Childish Gambino is – it's a somewhat controversial um, uh, situation because his given name is Donald Glover, 
and mm. he is indeed uh he is indeed the uh uh he's a he's a well known rapper I'm not excuse me, he's actor. a well known actor. Uh he is on uh, Yeah, he's on community. Um as Troy Barnes. He was on uh he was a writer for Thirty Rock. He had his own show um called Derek Comedy. And uh so it's the uh, Charles Gambino in some ways it's people view as almost like a um uh, an alter ego, and and in fact, he his his rapper name he actually came from one of those name generators. That there's a Wu Tang Clan name generator, and he plugged his name into that, and it came out with Childish Gambino, and he just went with it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, nice, nice. So I guess I have to put um, Childish Gandolfo. No, Childish a... Gambino, like the Gambino crime family, like your cousin. Oh, I yeah, my uncle, like my uncle Lou. Yeah. No, they're not the same. You guys. <laughs> fa fa na. You're not the Childish Gambino. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Yes. And uh, there is absolutely no confusion at all about where to get your comics. The cheapest you can possibly muster. You know where that is? Where that is? Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Unfortunately, it's the limbo time. The specials are uncertain. Uh, but rest assured, as I always say, the discounts will be both deep and plentiful. Uh, massive discounts on your favorite stuff delivered right to your door. You don't have to leave the couch. Pop up your, your internet uh, communication device. Uh, go to dcbservice.com and just marvel at how cheaply you can get your damn books. And take advantage of the bundles, people. The bundles are awesome. Especially if you're a Valiant fan. Or you are a wannabe Who Valiant fan. Be? That's what I'm saying, right? And sometimes they have um, kids bundles and uh, character-specific bundles. It's just amazing, the discounts. I don't know how they do it, but I'm glad they do. And you will be too. DCBService.com. Nice. Yes, sir. Man, I'm yep. psyched. I am psyched. Yeah, we are. For what? It's, it's for all things. Well, I'm psyched close. for tonight. Yes. Oh yeah, tonight, you should. We have a lot we want to talk about, and it seems like we all read a bunch of the same stuff, which is nice. And some different stuff. True. I am yeah. psyched for the fact that we are literally now one week away from New York Comic Con, and as people are listening yes. to this, we will already have been. We'll, we'll be six days away. Can you say literally again, Mrs. Howell? Literally, literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> And let's see what else. Um, oh, and can I just say real quickly, I adore Steve Riker. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I got it, I got it. <laughs> um, we all did. And then I'm did. super triple excited for the behind-the-scenes work by our own IT expert extraordinaire, David A. Price, who has successfully redeployed our comic forum goodness on a new board that went live today we're off to the races. It's a new era in 11 o'clock comics history. Yeah, I can't even joke about that because he did a lot of work. Oh, for reals. See, I can't bust his balls because, I, I mean, we, we witnessed it. He's, like, coding and getting headaches and beating his wife over it. <laughs> and, you know, but he, he did an, actually did a fantastic job. It's true. Yep. Uh, I mean, we don't want to steal your thunder, David. Do you want to break no. it down for folks? No, no, no. I don't. It's, it's, it's um, it, well, we are actually using are um the the it, it it's the end of an era as well as the beginning of an era we 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 put um like captain america thrown off of of a plane we have uh put 
the bullpen bulletins podcast.com URL, um, in, uh, in suspended animation. It's, it's stasis chamber, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's not like Newt, but it is, uh, it's, it's, it, it's there. So our, our old forum, all the old posts, all, everything still, still exists, but we have now, um, uh, used, we are using 1111oclockcomics.com as, uh, as the official URL slash forum. Actually, it doesn't matter. You can use 11oclockcomics.com and we'll get you to the forum. And it's, uh, it, it's been completely remade. It, it's not, uh, it doesn't look like what it used to look like. It doesn't, uh, doesn't act like how the old one acted. Um, you uh, you have some choices on on how to log in. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to come by and, and hang out with us. But uh, it's it seems to um, seems to be pleasing to, to to some folks judging by the activity today. And we did we announced it today. We unveiled it today because I I didn't want as much as I love the idea of of a of a combo pack of of unleashing the episode and unveiling. A new form on the same day. Uh, I figured if most people were aware of it today, then it gets the um, the registration and everything out of the way, so they can just talk about episode three thirty six, uh, right, uh, right. and we can hit the ground running. One of the things I really like is the tagging feature. Yes. Although there there are certain people that are taking advantage of it, piss out of it right now. Yeah, Mario. Uh-huh. And uh, another thing, that Facebook link thing. That's gold. Yeah, you like it? That is gold. Yes. Cause you know me and the Facebook. Oh, we do I, know you with the Facebook. I, I grew up with the Facebook. Yes. So it, <laughs> yeah, it, you're <laughs> way back. Yeah. Uh, I love it. You did a great job. You did. And, and a couple things for people that, uh, as, as David alluded, we, we archived the bullpen bulletins. So it's, it's not like we had any kind of virus or tech blow up and it's gone. I mean, all, all of that. Uh, what six plus years of, of, of form information is all still there. So you can go log in there and, and find any thread that you want, uh, that you want to, you can link to it. It's, 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 it's live. You just can't, um, your private messages, everything is still there. You just, you cannot write a new message. You can't reply to a message. You can't update a post, edit your, it's just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's there. you, You, you can copy and paste. Yeah, you can bring you stuff can. over. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll still be there for uh, SEO purposes if people care about that. I don't know why they would, but if they're really searching for some conversation right. that they're trying to look back and read on, it's all still there. The, the other thing too is, is a lot of our listeners, you know, um, I, I know personally from, from experiences with communities, uh, joining a forum that's already well established can be daunting, even though I don't think we've always gone out of our way not to make it daunting. But, um, but I think that, uh, for those of you who have, uh, maybe, uh, just been passive observers or I don't want to use the word troll, but if you just lurked, lurkers, I guess is more the right, right term. Um, you know, now's a great time to, to join in because everybody's back on even, on even keel in terms of posts and presence and all that. And this is really very intuitive, uh, form software that David's chosen for us. So, uh, I'm pretty yeah. psyched. And then the other thing, which I think is really important here, and we have to make a pledge. I know David and I have, have already made the pledge. We haven't heard Vince make the pledge, but we're going to put him, we're going to put his ass to the fire right now is, uh, it, it, it's, 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 uh, we're, we're aware of the fact that, um, regardless of, of, of how things should be, when the hosts of the show ourselves don't actively create, uh, ideas and threads and participate in threads, it, it can have a, 
uh, effect on the overall activity uh, and interest in the board. And uh, I think for reasons that are a mix of laziness and other things, we probably let uh, our activity level on the other board um, fall to a level that was probably suboptimal. So um, again, we're using this this relaunch as a, uh, a a personal pledge to you all that we will uh, do our very best to uh, re-engage the level that you're probably more used to us being engaged. Right. So what's the pledge? Does it clean wood? Like what are, what are you talking about? Well, you, the, the pledge is that you're going to pop pick into the, the forum, pick up the slack. You're going to respond to threads other than what you're listening to thread. You're going to start <laughs> new threads. Thread. Your thread. Thread. I mean, put it this thread. way. When Alan Moore starts a new series of Crossed and you're not in there chiming in left and right, not good. Because you talked about it on Facebook. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. How about this? Every time I throw something up on Facebook, I got to make a post to the forum. Or you can put it on the forum and then link it. To Facebook. Well, then I won't have to post on the Facebook. That's How about what I'm that? I'm saying it'll still. Awesome. Still- we're going to have a lot of we're going to have a lot of art threads. Yes. Okay. And, and then the other thing is, uh, and we're going to we're going to hammer this out next week when we're together in person at the Comic Con. But we've already talked about it. I have a bunch of uh, collected editions and and the like that are uh, frankly uh, taking up space in my comic room that I, I'm just I need to get rid of some stuff. So we're going to come up with some ideas. Some contests, some artistic challenges, some writing challenges that we're going to do. Uh, you know, we'll stagger them, but we're going to do pretty regularly for, I would say, for the the indeterminate future. We're going to have um, uh, board-based, forum-based uh, contests and and uh, and experiences where we'll give out prizes, things like uh, you know, Amazon gift cards, uh, hardcovers, things like that, just to, again, to foster perhaps some new people to join the foray. And, uh, yeah, one of my favorite things about the forum for years, and I understood why it kind of went by the wayside because some of the guys that, that were really at the heart of it just, just got too busy with life and work and stuff. Uh, you know, like the thing that when Andy Tom ran the, you know, the, the, the sketch of the month idea, I loved that kind of thing. And I think it was always a very vibrant, uh, part of the community. So, so things like that, we're going to try and get going again. And, uh, well, and has done a, a great job of, of carrying that torch. And, uh, and, and he, he was, um, he, he contacted me today because there were a couple of things that, uh, he wanted me to look into regarding the, uh, the sketch challenge and things like that. But I don't mean to, uh, interrupt. No, no, absolutely. But, but so, so that, I mean, that in particular is one that already exists and we'll throw something in. But my point is, is, you know, other things that we're going to brainstorm. I mean, it's, it's not just going to be art related because look, uh, I love art. I buy a lot of art. I love looking at art, but I'm not an artist. So, you know, there'll be other things, uh, you know, whether it be, some thematic thing, maybe we'll do something for the uh, horror based for Halloween, you know, for October. We'll, there's going to be lots of cool stuff again to, uh, to get the forum off the ground running. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And thanks to David because he's yep. given us a new platform, an extensible platform. Yeah. And rest assured, those trades that Jason was mentioning, uh, previously will not be rifled through when David and I get to right yeah you know, we'll try to we'll go we'll we won't cherry pick them we'll, you can have the good ones you know just come to our forum uh i had something oh speaking of horror it being the month for the creepy crawlies and the monsters and all the shenanigans uh i've decided that every one of my in your travels and the culminating eoc book of the month for this month of october will be horror oh nice yes huh. so there you guys if i don't talk about horror enough seriously 
Uh, yeah, but uh, fun times, fun times. So let's seg into the drink roll call because we can. We got to get into the books. We have a lot to talk about. We do. Yes. And where do we want to jump I, in? I know we have a ton of stuff we want to try and hit. Well, I'm drinking Dr. Pep's. Doc, no, Whoa. I'm drinking diet diet Pepsi. Sorry to oh diet get, Pepsi. Yes, diet Pepsi. Oh well, I am drinking diet Dr. Pep's. All right, I'll. Uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll carry on and, and I am drinking some, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from, uh, Redwood Creek. The reason why I said doctor instead of diet was because I was looking at my notes. Yeah? Uh, yes. Mm. And there's a book I read. Mm-hmm. Carrying that valiant torch. Oh, I read One it. more episode. Yeah, good. Yeah, I read it. It is, shut <laughs> up. Is the first. The very first issue of not the second life Ooh. of Dr. Mirage. It's called The Death Defying Dr. Mirage. It flips the script on the original Valiant series. Uh, written by Jen Van Meter. Otherwise known as Mrs. Greg Rucka. Yes. yes. Wonderfully written by. Former oh, guest nice. of the show. Oh, David, don't break my heart. Illustrated by Roberto De La Torre. Color art by David Barron. And, of course, it's published by Valiant. Uh, Ms. Teresa Caputo, or sorry, Caputo, has a challenger to the throne of the Queen of the Spirit Whispers, and it's one Sean Fong Mirage, recently widowed woman. Uh, she can talk to the, uh, our dearly departed, the dead. She can commune with them. Uh, we first see her reluctantly providing closure to a group of widows. Ladies are all assembled, and she goes to each one and provides closure to them. She she tells them things that uh, she relays messages from their deceased. You know, like I left money in the garage, or uh, I didn't want to leave you, but I had no choice, like stuff like that. Um, but in an ironic twist, it seems uh, the only dead soul with which Sean can't communicate is that of her deceased husband. Mm-hmm. Lee Wen Mirage. See, the both of them are celebrities of sorts. Just like Teresa, they had um, a TV show called Second Life. See, there's ah, the tie. There's the tie to the, orig- the original series where they would do... They're, they're paranormal scientists. And I just got a chuckle out of Mr. Krusey. Um, but they're somewhat of a celebrity and the husband dies and the wife is and Ms. Sean is, is distraught and she's trying to carry on, but the bills are piling up and, um, her husband apparently from what I can discern of the series was more powerful in the mystic arts than she, um, she gets into a situation where she mentions, uh, that her costume has been warded against evil by her husband there there are protections imparted into her suit by her husband so she won't get in certain kinds of uh magical trouble so to speak so i alluded to her her money problems well she's brought in on a consult for what could be a really lucrative case because the the man is a military contractor billionaire and tell me who he looks like uh branson Richard oh, Branson. See, I didn't see it that way, although that's good too. I thought he looked just like Eric Roberts. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Put this lipstick on. And um, he he has a problem, um, and he brings her in on a consult. And she's looking around his place, and as he's talking to her, she's noticing, "Holy shit! 
There's a lot of paranormal and magical artifacts in this place. There's Templar knights on the wall. Um, he mentions dealing with, uh, he mentions Operation Paperclip, uh, in which the United States government now, tried to corral. Do you know that? Anything about that? Like from prior Valiant? No, that's real. That's a real deal. Okay. Operation Paperclip was real. What do you mean, like in real life, real? In yes, in real life, the the, uh, the United States government tried to round up all the displaced Nazi scientists they could and put them to work for us. Oh, that's, okay. That's, so um, is that well, like is that what spurred the Manhattan Project, or is that? I mean, well, part of it, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, see, he he has dealt with Nazis, uh, and uh, he's got a past. So she doesn't quite believe. Everything he's saying and what she does believe, she's taken with a grain of salt because he's obviously not divulging all of the information. Um, and he has like big secrets, one of which is chained to him. And that's all I'm going to say. Yes. I, and I also don't believe that Sean's agent Leo is all he's cracked up to be either. I, I think agree. there's something going on with him. Do you think it's a ghost? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's, I, I think he's, Working for someone else okay. in addition to working for her. I think her he's, hubby. he's pushing her. I don't know. I think he's pushing her in the situations like in the beginning when he just springs it on her that, oh, you got to go meet these ladies and doesn't tell her that they're all widows. Right. You know, he's he's putting her in these unpleasant situations where, you know, he should have a little bit of empathy for his client. She just lost her husband and now he's he's throwing her into a, a widow party. Well not a party, but like a you know a, a just a nasty, nasty situation for her. It dredges up all those old memories, right? Mm-hmm. Those feelings. But anyway, this book isn't just up my alley. It's backing into my driveway. <laughs> I, I love this book. I mean Black Lodges and, and Templar Knights and Project Paperclip and remote viewing. Like this is every, this is my, this is my food, David. I know. I know. You, you, you're, you're mum on this. You didn't like no, it? No, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I liked it a lot. I thought, um, I thought it was, it was a great intro and, and I want more. I want to see where it's going. I, I I like the characters and the whole whole setup, and I need to see where it's going. And 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 there's a lot there to to chew on and and mm-hmm. swim around in and and just there's meat here. I, it's not a quick read like something else that we read that was pretty quick. No, it, no I read it twice. And 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 it's it is the illustrations it. It's a very pretty book as far as the design sense and the layout on things. What, what my holdup is, what my hangup is, is mm-hmm. that after reading the Valiant books we've read from this new Valiant, this could have been a book published anywhere else. This, this did not feel anything like a Valiant book to me. This, this is, was the know, farthest from their shared universe that I have ever read. But so was the original though. So, the, the, but the original was also later on. It was after everything else. It was after Unity. Right, it, was, right, it was well after. It was before Acclaim, but it was, it was after everything else was already. I'm not gonna say used up because I loved. I mean, between Chang's artwork, I I I loved the Second Life of Doctor Raj because I mean, especially the first the first thing with the look with the here's a 
if you want to call him a superhero, fine. But he he doesn't have like a, a superhero costume or an outfit. He died in his ski mm-hmm. outfit. So that's and, and it worked. It looked good, but I just it's a pretty damn fancy ski. It outfit. was. Well, he's a doctor, <laughs> but I mean, I I loved the original series. Um, this but, and I, I, I didn't. I'm, I, I didn't mind. Before we move okay. on, before we move okay. on, because you said you said this does not look like a Valiant book, and I agree. Disregard what it says on the cover. Mm-hmm. What publisher best suits this book? Come on, just look at it. It could have been, it could have been an image or a Dark Horse book. Ding! It's a, it looks like a Dark Horse book. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a slight. That's not a knock at at all. No, look at the great art coming out of Dark Horse. And because, because they flipped the script, because it's, it's, it's not the male version of the male hero of the story it, it could have they could have changed the names and it, it still would have hooked me it still would have been a damn entertaining read i still would want to know more if it had no attachment to valiant and it was its own thing in its own dark horse published and and i'd i'd feel the same way about this issue and and want to know more um i Honestly, I think the, the the Valiant logo kind of detracts from it for me. Hmm. Now, I got the Plus Edition. I did not. Now, if if you are new to Valiant and have not purchased a Plus Edition, it's a dollar more, but it is well worth the cost. The cover stock is thicker, plus you get 15 extra pages of material, and it's not just like, oh, yeah, here's preview of issue two. Uh-uh. There, there is um, a, uh, a, a a mock book a tome right in the middle. Of, it's it, they put the new material in the middle of the story, and it's uh, it looks like a leather bound book with a clasp on it, and it says um, plus edition the the case files of Doctor Mirage, and there's all uh, hermetic, you know, uh, information on the front, and it says warded against in. What's it say? Warded against intrusion. Unauthorized readers will be cursed. And on the last page of it, after you've closed the book on this tome, it says, we warned you, uh, enjoy your warts. You know, so you, you're looking at this book and you weren't supposed to, but there's um, a poster for the Second Life TV show. There, there is um, assorted um, correspondence between... Fong, Mirage, and um, other people. There is a pseudo-Golden Age story called Black Mask of Justice, America's Most Mysterious Hero in the Empire Stone. And you know who the hero is? No. The billionaire from the main story. Uh, you know, really? Branson. Yeah, he was, he, he, he was apparently a superhero. I don't know if this is going to factor into the, the actual story, but uh, March was a superhero called the Black Mask. There's a, a a faux Golden Age cover from September 1954 of Valiant Comics number one, which features the Eternal Warrior Toyo Harada as the boy mentalist and the Aquamancer. And best of all, there is a codex, the Lyceum Codex, Relating of the chief spirits dwelling past the veil in the lands of the dead side and beyond, blah, 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 blah. And it's illustrated by Wilfredo Torres. And you get examples of all these creatures that live in 
the the dead side and it's amazing and all this is like for an extra buck the it's well worth getting the plus editions it's awesome yeah, I didn't it know really that. is. I did not get the plus edition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is my first one, so now I know. Whenever I see the plus edition, bang. Uh, there's going to be a plus edition for Rye number five. So if you're getting Rye, and it's on this order form, you see that plus edition, you make sure to get it because it's well worth the extra buck. Cool. That's hot. Uh, but no, there were a couple things about this book that I think put it over the top for me, uh, in in terms of how impressive I thought it was. You guys made a joke about the costume, but I have to say, as I was reading this issue, not having read the original Dr. Mirage at all, I was really taken aback by the outfit she was wearing for for most of the book, thinking, why the hell? Like, if she's just some reluctant psychic who's mourning her dead husband, why is she wearing a superhero costume? You know, I just didn't didn't make sense to me. And then they saved the whole thing towards the end when she makes yeah. a comment that, that her husband, who now deceased husband, put magical defensive spells on her outfit that are still there. And I'm thinking, ah, okay, so that would make sense. She's got to wear this because it protects her. That yep. makes sense because otherwise I don't understand why she's wearing this futuristic Tron suit everywhere. Um, so I, I loved that they put the thought in that. Um, I I thought the um, I, I thought the pacing was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I loved the. I, uh, Delatore, I think, did a great job with the with the visuals. It, clearly, someone in the camp that uses uh, a lot of photo ref, I would think, um, both for the people and the buildings, but not in a bad way, you know, not in a Larocco way, in a way that 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 is they you can tell that they're using it for reference, but then they're taking the mental picture in their mind's eye and and drawing it in their own way, and I I loved that. Um, th- there are a couple instances where. They use, he used, um, he employed Photoshop a couple times for the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's, but that's okay. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't detract from me. If it's a shorthand way of getting the issue done. You know, I, I don't, I don't care. Now, what did the, the creature, it, uh-huh. it looks like to me something akin to Abe Sapien or a creature from the Black Lagoon, but it's not amphibious, right? So, just, I mean, should I think of it more like a demon or a hellspawn type of thing? Well, the the D words mentioned, I know, but I don't. I know. Yeah, I don't think it's a demon. Right. I don't think so. I I think, well, it is the Valiant universe, so it could be being new to the this incarnation of the Valiant. Have we ever seen the Vine yet? You're asking the wrong guy. I'm just catching up to Valiant now. So yeah, me too. Um, I don't know. Uh, if, at oh, this point, oh, oh, no, 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 th- th- those are spider aliens, I'm sorry. Oh, so they kept them close to... In, in EXO, yeah. Oh, alright, okay. Did they, were they, was the vine used? I don't... When we get to the, uh, when we get to those, those volumes from the Humble Bundle. We're so behind. Yeah. We are very behind. Yeah. I but know, I'm, I'm with you, not... I think this was terrific. I, I, I... Yes, yeah. I would not have, even with my pledge last week to catch up on Valiant, this likely would have been well well down the list for me because I didn't have any affinity for the original having not experienced it until you guys started talking it up and I I, I read it. So kudos to you for making me read it. But but uh, I also realize I don't think I've read much by by uh, Van Meter. I, I don't offhand I don't know that I've I've read much of anything that she's written. And I, if if this is indicative of her typical 
uh, quality of, of level of writing, then I'm, I'm wondering why she doesn't get more writing gigs because yeah. it was tight. And it's, it's, it's not jargon heavy, but she does go there and doesn't cram it down your throat. Sure. Like she doesn't say, well, this is a mystic ward, which is supposed to protect, like there's none of that extra verbiage to, to get the job done. It's all very natural sounding, which, which was cool. And De La Torre's, um, Figure figure drawing is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a real command oh, yeah. of 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 the uh, the human body. And she's bootylicious see, too. Oh yeah, I love she's the all blue about hair. That but uh, I a see a, a, t- a little a little bit of um, Gray Morrow in the art, yeah. just a little. But it's it's more in the gesture and not so much a a uh, you know a uh, mimicry. Um, it it looks effortless. I'm sure it's not. But um, that's the thing. If you can make it look like it was easy for you, you're doing something I'm, right. I'm right. seeing a – I don't think it's a trend or anything, but there are um, – there seem to be styles or, or – or, and I'm not going to call them clicks, but the art from Dr. Mirage reminds me of, say, Sorrentino from Green Arrow. And hmm. on the flip side, something that doesn't look so um, – Gritty or scratchy or, 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 or rough, um, like Dowderman on Thor and previously on Cyclops. Right, right. The, the look of that book reminds me of, um, of Frank quietly or even, um, uh, Cooter. And it, they're just, there are certain, I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're swiping each other or they just, they have a similar style and, and I'm noticing that, uh, there are, there are a few artists who who do look that that have that uh, similar approach to 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 their work, and I I have no problem with it. it. It's just when I look, you're not really getting. Um, a few years ago, there were just there, there were art. I mean, like Phil Jimenez looked like George Perez, but you know you would look you would look at Jimenez and you wouldn't mm-hmm. and you wouldn't mistake that for for Alan Davis or for Steve Dillon. Right, right, and, right. and now though you you have a few artists, a few and and they're they're relatively newer or younger artists, but they seem to um they they seem to kind of uh they they they've picked up on uh they have an influence and and they're 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 just kind of maybe slightly tweaking it or even exaggerating it, still making it their own, but they just have uh their and and it fits. I mean. De La Torre's work fits on Doc Mirage and Sorrentino. I thought yeah. I thought I wouldn't pick that for for a superhero book, but for Green Arrow, that fit. But I I think the uh, the art is 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 amazing in the book. Right. I I appreciate the the guys that can really work the the clear line style like Mobius or or Jeff Darrow when it's done well. It's it's a beautiful thing to behold. But the guys that really know how to work a brush. Like, like Gabriel Hardman and, and De La Torre and, and that, that kind of work just really makes my heart sing. I have more affinity for the brushy, gritty, um, the, the guys that, that have a tendency to let that brush go where it wants to go. Like, you, you don't think Darrow is just like, well, I'm just gonna let this pen do whatever it wants to do. Right. No, he has that all planned out. Every bump, every, Dimple and like Mobius too. Even even Mobius's little tiny scratchy line shading techniques—that's mm-hmm. all planned out. But uh, like Gabriel, 
when when he drops those blacks, I mean, he's 70, 80% planning it, but he always lets that eke in there, you know what I mean, where he just lets those happy accidents, which aren't really accidents when you're as good as he is, you know, just drive it. And that's what I see in this dilatory, uh, his work. It's just really nice and fluid and graceful and, and it does what it has to do and it's thick and thin and there's variations in it. I love it. It's, it's just really good stuff. No argument at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pleasantly surprised, although I did peep a couple of the preview pages before ordering it, so I knew what I was going to get. But I'm, I'm really, really pleased that um, this first issue was as good as it was, because I'm just going to stick with it now. Same here. Yeah. Nice. nice. Well done. Yes. Good way to start off the show. Hey, you bet. What else we have? I got something you guys haven't read, but when you come to my house next week... Uh, no, you need to sit down and, and just take this in. As I was looking at this, uh, my middle son, Jax, said to, the whole family was sitting in the great room, and I was looking at this, and he, he looks at, at, uh, at, at my wife and says, Mom, Dad hasn't said anything other than, oh my god, and wow, in like the last 15 minutes since he started looking at this. And he was right. I was, speechless at this wow what is it so we are all fans of and have talked about the amazing artist editions that idw puts out yes uh now i i I don't know collectively that we own all that many of them um but but everyone i've ever seen in person has been phenomenal well i ordered an artist edition sight unseen Simply because I thought there was no way whatever was inside of it could could do me wrong, and that was uh, and this is one I think that flew under the radar for people. And um, I, there is a version of it that's going to be a special New York Comic Con version, and I will certainly encourage anyone to pick it up if they're so inclined because it was ridiculous. That is the IDW Artist Edition of Marvel's covers. Uh... For those that don't know about the artist editions, they are the um, IDW goes about collecting the original artwork that comprise different uh, works. There's they've ranged from Hellboy to uh, to Burns' Fantastic Four to Kirby, and they literally high res scan the original art pages into effectively a coffee table book. Mm. So this, my friends is 160-some-odd of Marvel's best covers ever, the original art scanned in. It is just... Uh, it's it's a near-religious experience. Wow. It, Amazing Spider-Man 135 in there? Well, I, I the layout is done in such a way as they group it by artist alphabetically. So who do you think that's, the book starts off with? Art Adams. Correct. Nice. He, you get one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> you get twelve Art Adams covers. In here. Wow! <laughs> Holy, that's reason enough to buy it I alone. Know, I know, and, and half and half of them are inked by P. Craig Russell. Jeez. You get uh, classic X Men one, four, six, seven, nine, sixteen, nineteen, and twenty one, and then long shots two, three, and four. 
I, oh, assume, they- I assume they didn't do Long Shot 1 because they couldn't track the art down, is my guess. Um, eh, it's not a great cover. I mean, it's no, a great cover, no. but it compared to, yeah, I, okay, what else? Uh, then you've got Frank Bruner. Ooh, uh, no. Doctor Strange. Is Howard, is Howard the Duck number one in there? No, no, it's just, it, you get one Frank Bruner, it is uh, Marvel Premiere number nine. What the hell is that? Uh, it is, hold on. I will open it back up. It's uh, a Doctor Strange cover, uh, Creatures from the Crypt. Hmm. Yeah, okay. keep in mind, some of these covers aren't necessarily historically significant relative to other, you know, these are just fantastic uh, pieces of, of, of work by these artists, right? So, so, yeah. uh, well, I would, I would argue that all bronze is, is historically relevant. Yes, you would, you would. <laughs> uh, then we have a, a Rich Buckler cover from Sweet. Avengers, Avengers 103 <laughs> with, uh, inks by David. Do you want to take a guess? Hey, say it again. Uh, Avengers 103, uh, Rich Buckler is the penciler. Do you want to guess who did the inks? <laughs> do I? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it can't be Gil Kane. No. Um, How about not? Oh shit! Rich Buckler, Joe Sinnott. I was just, I was just I was just about to guess that. By the way, David, you would love this too because as they lay this table of contents out, not only uh, is it done by by the it, it's 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 alphabetical by the penciler, yeah. but with each page and cover, it it has uh, comma inks by if it's inked. Oh, yes. So it's Which... it's it's really well put together. Then you've got, uh, of course, my man, Mister John Buscema. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, seven covers from him. Then you've got uh, about a dozen or so from John Byrne, uh, including uh, Cap 249, Fantastic Four 255, uh, a bunch of X-Men with Terry Austin inks. Then you've got Dave Cockrum. Nice. You've Giant got... Size X-Men? Uh, no, they. I don't think they could get the art for that. Wow. You've got uh, Daredevil 141, uh, Miss Marvel 22, X-Men 104, X-Men 109, 110. Um, then you've got Mean Gene Colon, which is where, Vince, you get your Howard the Duck. You get Howard the Duck number five with inks by Steve Leolola. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. And, of course, two Tomb of Dracula uh, covers from him. You've only My only nitpick here is you get one Alan Davis cover, just one. Uncanny X Men two thirteen too, which is I, I oh bum they couldn't find an Excalibur cover for him. Uh, that that yeah. that's again I can only assume it's because they couldn't track down the art. Um, three Ron's friend, three Ron friends covers, which is a, a bit surprising. That's a nice nice standing compared to I mean, if Alan Davis only gets one and Friends gets three. And what's interesting is two of them are official Marvel index covers <laughs> uh, with inks by John Romita Senior. Uh, then you've got some Michael Golden joints. Including Marvel fanfare and the Nom, and the Nom stuff is beautiful. No micronauts. No, no, no probably not. Damn. Then you've got—I think they probably couldn't do that, right? Because of licensing. Um, then you've got David's boy Gil Kane. Yep, you got so about many. sixteen or seventeen. Gil yes. Kane. Oh, <laughs> including two Amazing Spider-Man covers. Oh, oh only two. Only two. Okay. okay. Well, I want to. I want to hear the next name. Oh, D- David. You know what, dude? We sent. Now we're gonna. D- that's where Giant says X Men number one is. It's a Gil Kane oh, Dave Cockrum no, cover. But it's right. But he he penciled the Cockrum inked it. That was it. Yeah. So that's why it is. It is in there after all. Okay. Yeah, it is in there. Uh, then you got Kirby, of course. How many? Ten. Which is that low. Should, that shit ain't right. It <laughs> is low. It does. It does surprise me. But again, you know how these guys are. It's not. It's not for lack of trying, 
right? They, right. they, they, they got what they could get, including a devil dinosaur cover. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, some cap, some FF invaders. Wait, 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 wait. Some cap. Is the Mad Bomb cover in there? Uh, do you know what issue that is? 198, 199? No, it's 105, 107, and 112. Okay. With, uh, then you've got some, uh, Mignola, which surprises me because, uh, there's four Mignola covers and, and I, I, Mignola did very little of Marvel stuff. So it's interesting that, uh, you've got a new Defenders cover, you've got a Punisher cover, and then two X-Men classic covers. Nice. Yep. Uh, of course, Frank Miller. A boatload of Daredevil. It's 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 ten or twelve Daredevil covers, uh, with Klaus inking almost all of them with Joe, oh. Joe Rubenstein as well, and then a Marvel Spotlight and, and Wolverine number four, which is I love uh, that cover. So amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Nolan, want to guess what what he might be in there for? Doctor Strange, Alpha Flight. No shit. Sure. I was gonna say Defenders, mm-hmm. but okay. Another interesting uh, quirk about this book: only one George Perez cover. Is it a Marvel fanfare? Probably Avengers. Marvel it's 2 not a Marvel. 1. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike Plug. Eh. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Man Thing? Uh, well, it's Marvel Premiere and Marvel Spotlight, but I believe one of them is got a man thing. Hold on, let me see here. These cover, the, the pages in the book aren't numbered, so I have to go by the visuals. Uh, yeah, uh, hold on, hold on. That's Frank Miller. That's Frank Miller. Uh, Jeez, that paper sounds like pretty heavy well, stuff. You no, know, it's it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely uh. Now you've got a you've got a Ghost Rider. The Marvel nice. Spotlight is a Ghost Rider, and the other plug is a Doctor Strange with uh, now strikes uh, Dagoth. It's uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Satana, uh, Wong, Night Nurse, with a, a devilish slimy hand uh, approaching them. Um, any plug is good plug. For sure, for sure. Then yeah. a Sandy Plunkett, which is kind of a what? I think mm-hmm. that, that that one strikes me as kind of out of nowhere. It's a solo Avengers cover. Uh, then of course John Romita Senior, ton, ton from him, including Foom, Shan of the oh. She Devil, Tower of oh. Shadows. Oh no, really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> dude, you're gonna, make, you're gonna make me buy this. I know uh, a Jr. Junior section, of course. Uh, P. Craig Russell. Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Simonson, of course, a couple Thor Simonson covers. Barry Windsor Smith up in there. Nice. Wow. Jim Starlin. Oh, Star- does Barry Windsor Smith have the Marvel fanfare with the April Fool's joke? No. Damn. Just, please don't tell me it's it's the king size Conan number one. For Windsor Smith, no. Yeah, oh, uh, good. Should be like, like <laughs> some shit. Jim Starlin. Steranko. Nice. Shrimpy. Okay. Ooh, must be Hulks. Yeah, Hulk 119 and 180. Oh, no, G- oh, no, Joe, Joe, yeah. Oh, 180, that's respect. Yep, Tusca. Nice. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like Tusca. It's only one, and it's, it's, Iron, it's Iron Man number seven with inks by Johnny Craig. Okay. Uh, Bernie Wrightson. Cool. Sweet. Then my man, 50 grand, Mike Zek. There's five from him. And then there are two foldouts, and the one is a Art Adams Terry Austin foldout of Wolverine, and the other is a Captain America poster by Mike Zek. It is freaking amazing. So, th- in total, you've got 143 pages plus two double-sized foldouts. That's amazing. This is four-
1117, you see the pasting, you see the whiteout, you see the, the, the liner notes, you see the, the, the script notes in the corners, you see the ink marks. It's, it's just a sight to behold. Um, and, and again, that, that part of it is not limited to this book. That is the, one of the many things that IDW Artist Edition is special in the first place. But, but, uh, I just think that this, ah, oh, it's so great. It's so great. It makes me so envious of the people that actually own these covers. Um, most, which I will never have a chance to even see in person. So, but you have the next best thing. Isn't that awesome? You can see what they see. Oh, absolutely. So, so. And there's a, there's a real trick to scanning those original boards. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Because you, you gotta clean them up just a, a little bit, but, but there's a danger of cleaning them up too much where you, where it's not gonna look like real paper and it looks just like a, you know, it, where it would on a printing plate. So if there's a fine line between, you know. I don't know if they clean them up, man. I mean, you, you like, I'm looking at this Shannon the She Devil cover and you see the, you see finger, ink, ink based fingerprints, you see smudges. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about, I mean, um, uh, how do I explain it? Um, there, there's a way to brighten a scan without destroying oh, any of the information. Because, I mean, if you just take that right from the scanner and, you know, send it to press, it's good, probably going to be a little too dark. Okay. So, okay. you know, you got to kick it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see it. What well, was that? About a hundred bucks? Um, I, oh no, they're, they're more than that. What are they? Um, one and a quarter? Uh, they're usually one and a quarter, right? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. see the price anywhere on here. I don't remember what it was. Um, cause you don't usually get much. You, these aren't, these are hard to discount cause they're specialty items. Right. So I don't, I, I don't think the discounts here are as typical as, uh, as the stuff we're used to from, from DCB right. service. But, but yes, but, but again, the, the cool thing about this is that even though, um, these are very low print runs and, and often sell out at pre-order, they are putting out a New York Comic Con version of this at the show. And I believe it's got a, a different cover. Um, so hold on, let me just. Uh, but but either way, it's it's definitely for for those original art buffs. This is a, I think a must have because again, covers are sometimes it mystifies me, but covers are fair or unfair exponentially more costly than interior pages. Right. Um. And, and I think what's cool about a book like this is this is back when I'm going to sound like a grumpy old man. This is back when covers told a full story. They yes. had words, they had <laughs> word, they had, they had dialogue bubbles, they had titles, they had captions. I mean, they, they, they really did tell the story. Whereas today, I think many covers are beautiful, but they're much more because of the way that the process of producing comics is done are often more like standalone pinups with, without telling any particular story. So, uh. I still say Marvel should bring back the corner box. Mm. There, there's, there's oh, yes. the corner the corner box and the Marvel Comics group strip across the top. Mm-hmm. That 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 would make that their books even more attractive mm-hmm. to me. So thank you, Mr. Scott Dunbeer. And obviously, Jason doesn't agree, but that's oh, I, okay. I, I said, uh huh. <laughs> How cool would that you know, be? You're so funny because when we try and interject, when you're on your soliloquies with your notes, you get right, you jump right back on us if we didn't speak. And I have no notes. No, no. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then, and then I'm trying to finish my thought. You, you. Make yeah, go. Ahead. You finish that thought. Go ahead. Thanks. I'm done. <laughs> what a guy. You're that guy. So, if you do buy this, uh, the New York Comic Con version, or bring your own, chances are really good you can get it signed by a couple of people who did those covers uh, at the show. Absolutely. That's right. Why don't you get Ramita Junior to sign his? Is he going to be there? Wait on. Yeah, I think wait so. on the DC line. Yeah. Well, so what? That'd be awesome. Yes. 
Everybody, everybody there with their Superman books, and you come up with this big Marvel book, but they're boom. Hey, do it. Nice. So there you go, yeah. fellas. You'll, you, you will, you will be, we will be sitting in my house drinking some menage a trois, uh, wine and, uh, and, uh, the, 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 close del siete. Ah, close del siete. Si, senor. All right, let's hear it. Keep talking, fellas. Let's go. Well, David, what do you have? Uh, well, I, um, you always sound exhausted, like before you you answer. I that know. Question. Well, because I'm 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 looking at the list of things that I read, and I want to. Um, He's earned it this week, I, though, no, so stop, he could decide what he wants. There's. Uh, I did read. Well, for Vince, I read Bucky Barnes, Winter oh. Soldier number one. Can Can we talk about this? Did you? Yeah. Go ahead. We have, we have to preface this with this book. Divided David and no, I, even, no, 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 wait, wait, even before we read it, there was division between David and myself. There was? Yes. Remember yesterday on, with the Marco Rudy? On the Facebook. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I sent David a message, well, David and Jason, I said, holy shit, did you see this Marco Rudy art from Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier number one? And David said, no. something, in fact, uh, no, David said, I hope it's not like, what was it, Uncanny uncanny X-Men, because that shit was ass. And I'm like, I can't see it based on this. And then he threw me a bunch of preview pages, and then we got even deeper into it. (laughs) Whatever. It's okay. It's okay. But I would love to talk about this Bucky Barnes. This this is Fallout. Um, Yeah, it was. It was. (laughs) It was. This this is a spinoff title. Of, Sphinx of, of the, uh, of, of the, um, what could have been awesomeness of original sin. And it, it is one of two books I read for this episode, um, which can, which, and, and sadly, the other book, which, um, I already referenced, but we'll get into later, um, that really is the only mar of, of the issue is, is calling back, uh, the, the events from, from original sin. This picks up, um, after original sin because Nick Fury who used to be the man on the wall is no longer the man on the wall or is he and and we um and it's it's bucky the winter soldier is now is has taken over for uh Nick and and is looking for a not a sidekick uh and it is written by the man who gives us uh, zero and uh, it, it's it the cod has been doing some this really is up his alley. It's definitely a um an analyst uh story and, and it, it it um He he takes the unconventional approach to every one of his stories and the characters therein. Yeah. That's that's the one word that can describe Alesh unconventional and that's what this issue was. And and before you guys get into further here, I will agree with exactly what you're saying and, and my personal opinion is at this point in his career, sometimes for the for the better, sometimes for the worse. Okay, I'm saying Cots. I think I've read most of Cots' stuff, and I think sometimes he likes to he makes he makes big swings. To use a baseball analogy, I think sometimes he strikes out. Other times he hits it out of the park. So go ahead. I agree with that. Um, so the art is by 
Marco Rudy, and he, uh, Marco is, he, uh, loves his design, and, uh, consistency which characters be damned, the pages look pretty unique, and, and you can't really take your eyes off the pages, because you're not getting traditional panels, you're not getting traditional colors, you are, um, it's easy to follow. You can tell, you know, as, as, as Bucky and, and Daisy are speaking to one another, uh, everything is, everything flows. Um, my, my problem though is the, the facials, the look of some of the characters. Uh, if, if, uh, if we didn't have to have people look the same from one page to the next, I'd have no problem with it, but unfortunately there are some things where I, I have to kind of squint and, and flip back and, and figure out who's saying, who's doing what. But I, uh, I, I haven't read a ton of Winter Soldier stuff. I didn't read all of Brubaker's Bucky as Cap stuff. I didn't read, um, all of the, the Winter Soldier series. I, I, I read the beginning of it. I didn't really, I didn't read too much of Latour stuff when he took over as writer and uh and I have um the bitter march I, I have an issue to go to finish that series because that was fun and it looked great uh I just fell behind with everything else I've been reading so I need to finish that so I, I'm I'm not gonna say I've read a ton of Bucky stories uh but this is interesting because it's it's another um it's not street level it's not the avengers it's it is it's 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 literally out there and it's yeah. and i'm i'm uh, i'm cool with it and and it's fine if you want to throw bucky out there if, if that's if that's the character who is is the one who is able to to carry the the torch to to take over for nick then then by all means i uh you know it i think better bucky than than say the black widow or uh or punisher i i think Bucky is just better suited for it, and it, it it fits the character. Uh, I will I will continue with it. I'll, I'll I'll check out the next couple issues. The last page I the last page or the last two three pages because what led up to 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 the final page uh, that was I was kind of enjoying the issue more up until that point, and and that just seemed like we. We just, I mean, unless maybe I'm completely thrown off by who that character is on the last page, it, it seems a little bit too soon for that. And, and I, I, that's another reason why I want to read the next issue to see where we're going from here. It, it, things could have maybe played out a little cleaner or just a little better for me in, in this first issue. But I, leading up to that, the first, First three quarters of the book, I thought was, uh, it, it was, it was eye candy. It, 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 it was popping. Hmm. Cool. I loved it. I know. Yes. And I love you. I, and I'm going to sell it for, for anybody who is on the fence. Like, why would I want to read a book about Bucky Barnes <laughs> of, of all characters? Not exactly my favorite character in the Marvel Universe. I mean, he's okay. I, I, I like him more. I, Mostly when he's with his mentor, so to speak, well, his one-time mentor. Like Cap and Bucky stories are great. Bucky stories by himself, they're okay. okay. They're all okay. Right. But, but, but this, get, get this. 
and I'm talking to the listeners. You guys already know this. The uh, the story begins on a another planet, a Bucky Barnes story that begins on another planet. Bucky's all he's captured. He's all chained up for the crime of of harboring killing thoughts. Yes, he's he's thinking about killing somebody. That was funny. And um, on on the planet Zero, they don't like killing thoughts. They they, they scan the entire planet and. They scan for, for, for dark thoughts. I don't know how they do that, but they have the ability to scan a planet for dark thoughts and they come up with one instance and it's Mr. Barnes. And, and the, um, the ruler, ruler of the planet is, is this character <laughs> called the Enochian Cup Quark. Now this is where Elesh excels on stuff like this. And, and he starts making with the, the, the Baba Ram Das be here now and tells him, you know, you can't dwell on the past. You can't worry about uncertain futures. You gotta be here right now and stop this, these, these nasty killing thoughts. And, and, and to help you out, we're going to do you a favor, young man. We're going to kill you and we're going to take your soul and put it in an aesthetically pleasing animal <laughs> that will not give you the ability to kill people. So let's just get get this underway and while they're talking they forgot that you know they have moons on this planet and a couple of moons away three moons away you have uh what was her name daisy yeah daisy johnson daisy johnson daisy johnson is is a couple moons away with an alien sniper rifle and she shoots a vibranium bullet from a couple planets away and snaps bucky's chains freeing him and she does something else with the bullet too but i want to i don't want to just spill all the beans and and then the story proper begins but a sniper from a couple planets away that's insane that's nuts a, a bullet just traversing this void of space now you're saying how could that be possible this this bullet would so what you don't worry about the science it's cool oh, time out pause <laughs> <laughs> How how is your excitement for this juxtaposed against original sin though? What do you mean? Well, I haven't read it all yet. Okay, but you've read enough to know that it's effectively about Nick Fury secretly been this old cosmic assassin right. all this time. Right. Well, I don't recall you being very enthused as we were remarking how unenthusiastic we were about the series, but this is essentially Bucky taking over that role and and using the same mechanism, which is these giant cosmic bullets. So, I guess. It's cool. Oh, okay. Cool. I, 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 okay. Well, to be to be fair, Original Sin was not presented as well as this issue. I think. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I will say Rudy's. I certainly am more in David's camp with the Rudy stuff, but I, I think from a layout perspective, there's some pretty impressive work being done. Yes, oh, absolutely. He, you know, he, I, he's, he definitely put his heart into this book. Yes. Uh, um, uh, so I can't front on the art and this issue the way that we were perhaps fronting on, on Rudy to you on Facebook. I, I, I was pretty impressed with the overall package here. I, 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 not exactly my cuppa in terms of the kind of guy that I would, I would look to buy art from or, or perhaps I don't love his figure work, but, but I do think that, that, there was some some fairly impressive um, uh, uh, packaging in this and and, and storytelling. So I, I got to give you props. Tip my cap to you there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, Rudy works the entire page, and with within 
a square inch. You, you have harmony and discord and he's, he's using these colors that are vibrant and beautiful and he's blending them and he's using them as panel, well, in, in essence, panel borders. And he's, he's got his Steranko hat on where, where he is using the best, uh, in the best way using the space of the entire page. He, he leads your eye up and down and around and sometimes backwards. And I, I just think when you do, if the book, the tone of the book is unconventional. You need an artist that can match that. And I think Rudy was a good choice because his, his artwork is unconventional in, in, in the, the best Sienkiewicz way where, where, where he just pushes color around and he makes, he, it's a lot of it to David's point is not immediately recognizable. You have to work your way through these images. Which is good for me because I'm doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, if someone picks this book up and thinks, you know, oh, I'm going to have a nice time, nice little ten minutes with this book, you're not going to get through this book in ten minutes. There, there are things going on like I, I had to back up from that double page with the submarine to notice what it really was. Like there there are parts of that structure that were definitely not traditional submarine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. I, but. It, again, t- another reason why I like this book so much is that he's flicking those those mental triggers that he usually does. He's mentioning space station Herzog. Uh, there's a, there's something called the sacred Resnor. There's a princess Ventolin. Like like he's pushing my buttons. And and the biggest button was Masami Akita. For those of you who don't know, he's the the high exalted mystic master of Japanese noise. Alesh names a planet Mersbo. You call a planet Mersbo and you have my attention. You know, it's just that he, he's, he's, I, he's doing it. It's not so sly. He's doing it on purpose. He's saying, aren't I so cool that I know what all these things are? Like Werner Herzog, you know, let's name a space station after him, you know, let's just throw it in there. He, he is almost too cool for school, but not quite, you know. It, it's not an old dude just Googling things and filling the book with stuff. I mean, I truly believe Alesh lives this stuff. He loves this, this, the, you know, the avant-garde experimental mm-hmm. uh, genre. So he just infuses his work with it. And that's, that's my, my thing too, right? So of course it was going to click. Not the greatest book in the universe, but it was a damn good time. I thought. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I think it was, um, I, I think I, I, the big difference here, uh, is for me, this seemed like a, well, it didn't seem like it is a direct follow up to Original Sin, which just left me completely cold. So I, I okay. just wasn't excited to follow it up. Um, especially because I think maybe the big difference between you and I here is that I have read and have generally enjoyed much of Bucky's solo adventures. Uh, by the different creators. And so I wasn't looking for a departure from him. I wasn't looking for him to become a cosmic saboteur. Uh, so, um, and this wasn't zany enough or uh, like, like Remender taking cap to another dimension was, was creative in a EC comic sort of way to me. It was, it was a, a homage to the kind of, of, of fun loving, uh, pulpy science fiction that we hadn't seen in a while in Marvel. So I, I, I enjoyed that departure. Whereas this to me seemed so serious that I, I, I just don't, it just seemed too serious for me 
for what it was. Oh. It didn't seem like they were reveling in the fun of it, right. which is what my, one of my issues with Original Sin. If, if you're going to be taking these characters and saying they're cosmic assassins for the good of the of, of the universe, I think there should be some some high adventure and some fun in that. There there should be some. To me, cosmic is best when it's got a bit of of, of swashbuckle and adventure to it, and this this seems so serious. Mm. Uh, counterpoint. I got a counterpoint. Okay. You can't say that sequence underwater was serious. Fair. Especially, fair. especially, especially when it added a little bit of humanity to somebody who's usually uh, yeah, yeah. humorless prick. True you that. Know? True that. Yeah, come on. I'm, not gonna, I'm okay. True that. True that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I mean, we're, we're not disagreeing. Yeah. We, we all, we all, if, if you're going to make me um, enjoy or try and make me enjoy espionage, it's a lot easier for me to swallow if it's in space. Which is one of the reasons right. why I didn't, didn't really enjoy, you know, a lot of that foot to the pavement Bucky Barnes adventures because that's just, that's, that's not my thing. Mm. I, I, it's just uncomfortable for me because I, I'm not well versed in it. The genre, the, you know, it's just, it's, it's alien to me. This alien stuff is not. This is, this is pretty cool, cool beans. Um, and it's, there's a newness factor too. I, I, like I said, not a whole lot of history with Bucky. And so, you know, this is a nice, uh, waypoint for me. Yeah, rock on. A little bit of Vaseline. Oh, Absolutely. Man. It always helps. It does. It does. Dave, David, you should continue. Because we bogarted your. Uh, it's all good, dude. Well, keep going. Uh, then all right. So then the other the other spinoff. Uh, just to, while I'm here, it, it, this came out yesterday. This came out this week. Um, I can't spoil anything because by the end of the issue, we still don't know. Uh, you may have some uh, theories, but uh, as far as. The all new Thor, number one from Jason Aaron Ooh. and, uh, and, and uh, Mr. Dowderman. It is, uh, it's gorgeous. It, it, it looks amazing. Uh, but it is, it, there are times where I just, I get this feeling that original sin was just so that Jason Aaron could do something with Thor. And, and that, that is the biggest, I think, that's what sours me on original sin i think probably more than the art is that well towards the end of the series one of the last pages which just sounds ridiculous when one of the heroes flying back to earth says hey aren't we missing somebody and then you see in a very ec mad magazine style pose thor trying to lift a hammer from off the moon it just it really it 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 had the opposite effect, I think, of what it was supposed to do at the end of, of this event. I mean, this is something, I mean, Nick Fury whispered something to Thor and he is now no longer worthy to, to lift and, and hold the hammer. And that's fine, but it just, but just the way it was presented just it was more, um, comedic than it was serious to me. Now, when did that happen in original sin? In the last Oh, okay. So, yeah. So this, and, and as, because of something Nick Fury said, whispered, we don't even know what he said. Because when, when Thor tells his father that it was a whisper, Odin goes fucking batshit crazy and he is pissed. Ooh. And he, he picks, he basically picks Thor up and throws him like 30 feet. He's like, he's like, just get away. I'll, I'll lift the hammer. And 
it's just, it it is a really really cool issue it's a great setup uh minus the recap page where we see thor trying to lift the hammer from original sin if it didn't have any of that it would have been an awesome issue but it was um i can't i i can keep gushing about the art the art's just it, it's a gorgeous book and and i i enjoyed Dowderman's work on cyclops and 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 uh and i know that jason had the uh I can't remember the damn name of that book though. Or the publisher. But it was, it was, it was, it was an independent book that, that, uh, that Russell illustrated and, and I want to find that. Oh, you mean the hyper, uh, the hypernaturals? Yes. Thank you. Um, well, what do you think Con- or Conan, what do you think Thor did? To, 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 to not be able to, to not be, be worthy? I, hey, I, and, and that's the thing. We don't, even though this is, it's it's an all new Thor, and someone else is worthy to hold the hammer. We don't we don't disregard Thor. We don't forget about Thor because Malekith shows up, and 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 this it, I mean it, it directly continues Aaron's run from Thor, God of Thunder, because Roxon's involved, and and there's just there's a lot going on, so everything carries over, and and as I'm reading the issue, I was telling this to, to Mario today that or yesterday rather, after I read the issue, I I honestly thought that they that Aaron was like whoever you think it may be, it won't be because of where where the hammer lies and where. Asgardia is hanging out. It, it it can't be anybody from Earth. It can't be a human. Except I remembered something that happened towards the end of Thor God of Thunder. And and it made me um doubt myself and and, and someone there there could be a human, a human female nearby, uh who may be worthy. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how it, it, if it is. Oh, so it doesn't even go there yet. We don't know. No, because the, it's nice. what, the, the last page is really cool. And, and if, if you want to consider this a spoiler, but the last page, um, the, we see a silhouette of a female and, and, uh, basically, you know, someone has to be worthy of the hammer and we see the hand reach down and, and, and grab it. And then the last page, is she's holding it above her head and she is dressed as, as Thor or, or in all the preview issues and, and pre preview pages and, and promotional material that, that we saw for this female Thor. But, uh, and, and she's got the raising the hammer over her head and it's just, you know, to be continued. But, uh, before that happened, we saw some shit go down with Thor and, um, and, and he, Pretty much has seen better days by the end of that battle, and uh, and and the the hammer actually we uh, we do a close up on the hammer with Odin's um, with what Odin inscripted on on the hammer about being worthy, and and an S materializes in front of he before she picks up the hammer, mm. and uh, it it I know I'm I'm down with it I. Aaron has, you know, original sin aside, he has credit with me, so I, I am going to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stop reading Thor because, you know, this is so preposterous. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I need to see where it's right. going. I need to see, uh, and I mean, I can't put this 
fucking art down. So it's uh I'm I'm all about it. I, I, I definitely think that um if I didn't talk about it right now, it, it would probably be my my in your travels. But I, I I want you and and that's the other thing. Even though I said that it picks up and 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 Aaron hasn't forgotten the first twenty five issues of Thor: God of Thunder, uh, it, it's still a great jumping on point. You can hit the ground running with this because everything you need to know when when um, Frazier is, is talking to Odin. And and she's basically recapping everything. She's like, "This is what happened with Thor. You've been asleep because he was asleep for all throughout Thor: God of Thunder." And and so you know, Odin's finally back, and and uh, and and being a real prick to 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 his wife, and and uh, you know, so she's catching him up, and at the same time catching the reader up. If if you were not familiar with original Sin or Lucky or, or Thor: God of Thunder, and huh. and uh, it it's uh, it. I, I definitely think that it, it's uh, where we're getting close to the 11 o'clock so there won't be too many issues uh, in the running for this, but it, 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 it could very well be a contender. Well, Jason, did you read it? No. No, I have not. Oh, I think I know what Thor did. <laughs> Hootie bang. No, I'm, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think he had a drunken tryst with Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. So not the Raven? Yeah, I'll show you bitches nice. how to pull a wagon. <laughs> By the way, David, the series, the Dotterman that you were talking about that I talked about is, uh, is, is Superbia. Oh, yes. Not, not, from, uh, not Hypernatural. Okay. No, right. Yeah. Hypernaturals was that Adnet and Lanning joint that was kind of like, uh, their take on Marvel Cosmic after leaving Marvel. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dotterman did this. Superbia is the one that I, it's the one where the, basically it's, uh, uh, kind of like Noble Causes. It's a soap opera. It's a, it's a, the, the, the spouses of the. I remember the, the soap opera aspect. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. That should have taken mm-hmm. Okay. Bring something to the table, Jason. Uh, let me give a little thinking here because I've, uh, read a boatload. Let me see. Uh, well, quick, oh, dude, you know what? Let's, let's chat about, um, I think it, uh, we all read this. Let's chat about the new 52's newest, uh, number one Lobo. Yes. I would love to talk about that. Uh, 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 pardon me. Uh, sorry. I just, uh, my iPad turned off on me. Uh, written by, uh, friend of the show, Mr. Cullen Bunn. Yes. Uh, yep. Art by another friend of the show and Jam Peace contributor, <laughs> Mr. Riley Brown. And um this this was a controversial book before it even hit the stands. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a little bit. Because we saw character specs of the new Lobo the and new Lobo. people called him Goth Lobo, Emo Lobo, Hipster Lobo. And really because it, it was a thin, handsome, uh, debonair even. It's the anti-main man. Right, looking Lobo, the antithesis of the, of the, of the Lobo character that, that we were familiar with. Um, uh, I, I, because of knowing that Cullen is, 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 is a good writer and, and I think one of the guys that is underappreciated in the biz, and hopefully that will change in the next year or two. Uh, I was excited for this. I also have enjoyed what I've read of the, uh, original Lobo, but, but I, I don't feel any particular, uh, gravitational pull to preserving him as a character. Um, and so before we get into this any further, I, I will say this. 
this to me strikes me as a book, having read it, that it, your enjoyment of it is largely correlated to how much you are into the traditional character and how exactly because yep. it, I, I if 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 this was meet the new Wolverine and he was six foot four and and skinny and and handsome and didn't drink and I I, I would have ripped it up to shreds and used his kindling <laughs> from a fireplace because I love, I love Wolverine as a character so much right um, but because again I have no particular care about what they do to the Lobo character probably because I'm not as much of a DC guy. I thought this was fantastic. Me too. I loved every bit. I loved every part of it. Um, and uh, what about the size of the balls on Mr. Bun? Brilliant. And, and kudos to the DC editorial department for letting him go there. And mm-hmm. what's a, a clearly a bit of, I think necessary parody out with the old and with the new, quite literally. Yeah, that, yep. that was very yep. Giffen-esque. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you describe that sequence to them? Well, right. So we're, we, with the very first page, we're, we're started with I think it's an eight-panel grid uh, of of close-ups of, of 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 two bloody. Well, it's a bloody face, but it's you quickly realize it's it's the old Lobo that we are familiar with for the last thirty years, and then the new Lobo, and they're both bloody and they're talking trash. Uh, and then you, you find out in, in page two that the new Lobo has, uh, has whipped the old Lobo's ass, cut his head off and is about to kill him. And that is significant for, for many reasons, not the least of which the original Lobo was, was viewed by most to be, uh, indestructible. Um, but the new Lobo that the new 52 Lobo makes quick work of that notion and, and dispatches him. Uh, in short order. And, and what's cool about it is, is not only do we get the quite literal out with the old and with the new, but they set up this quote unquote hipster emo Lobo to be even more of a badass. Not only because he can kill the old Lobo, but because he's killing him mainly because he's angry that this, that the Lobo we've come to know stole his name and his rep. That the, that the, the history for those that, and you guys know the original Lobo better than I do, but my understanding is that the backstory for Lobo was that he, uh, was the last of his kind because he destroyed everyone else in his race, right? Yep. Yep. He was the last, he was the last Zarnian because he had killed all the other Zarnians. So we come to find out that that wasn't exactly true. There was an, a last Zarnian, this Lobo, and, and he has gone ahead and avenged and killed the old Lobo because he is pissed that the old Lobo has been making a living going around living off of his rep who, who in, in this guy is actually the one that in fact did kill the entire rest of their race. So, uh, we get a beheaded old Lobo on the second page and then we get a third page where the beheaded Lobo is talking trash saying, you can't kill me. I can't be killed. And then lo and behold, uh, the new Lobo does just that. And then we're off to the races. And, and what's awesome about and this is something I feel like I've seen a lot of Riley Brown art in my day. Got to give him a lot of credit for going with those three pages. And then the fourth page flashes back to, to Zarnia before it's been destroyed with this Lobo. And it's done in very delicate pencil and, and almost mm-hmm. a pastel. It's, I don't think it's pastel pencils, but it's meant to evoke that look. It's, it's, it's probably digital, but it's, it's a, a it's a very light, uh, yeah. pencil-like effect uh and, and it, it it's a re it's a very smart choice by riley and and is is a departure from 
what I've seen of his prior work. So I, I give him credit there on multiple fronts. And boy, let me tell you something. The female <laughs> Zarnians are hot. <laughs> yeah, they are. So and frequently naked. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead from here? I, I just uh, you know because again, I, I I'm sure you have plenty to say on it, but I, I just I think it was a home run first issue. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely on board with 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 this for at least the uh, first arc. Well, the, the conceit of the the, the first storyline anyway is that Lobo is incarcerated because he did what he did on the space station, and someone comes to him uh, in order for him to free himself. He has to agree to take a, a contract, N- not only one contract, but but eight separate contracts, because it turns out that there are eight of the uh, the universe's most deadly deadliest killers um, are all um, honing in on the same target. And there's someone out there that does not want this target harmed. So it's Lobo's job, should he decide to take it. Uh, to remove all of these uh, these eight assassins from the board, and it just turns out that the assassins are making a beeline for a planet called Earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the thing for me, I mean, the story is cool. It uh, it, it was a neat little um, setup, but the thing that really got me was the character design. Uh, Riley Brown, the, the eight assassins are amazing. Yeah. Um, and my favorite one just happens to be the one that gets killed first. Oh well, but because uh, of the Cyclops a, visor, right? Well, yeah, but there's this fat blue guy, right? And and he's tinged with orange, and he's got an orange mustache, and he has these these appendages that come from his back, like real skinny appendages. Like that, sort of. Yeah, it yeah. was re- it's really neat, and and of course he gets dispatched first. But um, it turns out that he wasn't nearly the, the the most deadly of them all he was more like a demolitions right. guy and uh but, but uh i did think of mr price when i was reading it because <laughs> lobo, lobo is like his predecessor yes or like the man from which he stole his name uh, flip that he's a killer um as we saw in the justice league special way back on the first round of the 3d covers where lobo frees all those captives that he was uh, paid to to traffic from one planet to another. The dude has a heart. He is a killer. He will cut your head off, eviscerate you, uh, split you from stem to stern, the whole nine yards. I mean, there's a lot of bloodshed in this book, and he he uh, eliminates all of the 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 red shirts surrounding this this one assassin and takes their remains and feeds them to the assassin's dogs, yep. saying, "I don't kill dogs." That's right. And I'm thinking, boy, if there was ever uh, a way to massage David's heart, mm-hmm. that, that's the way to David's do it. David's like, that's my boy. I should see if Riley yeah. has that page for sale. You should. Those dogs are pretty cool. They were pretty cool looking. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Bunn, he provides some some chewy backstory for Lobo. I mean, he's, yeah. he is a, he is a killing machine, but the dude definitely has feelings because in addition to his affinity for dogs – uh, it, it turns out that, that he was the, uh, uh, very high ranking official's bodyguard back on Zarnia. And it just so happens, well, the king of Zarnia, I guess. And, and he was having, uh, clandestine meetings with the princess. And she, yep. supposedly they had feelings for Banging each other. Banging it out. Yeah. And, and, uh, that was not, because he was a lowly bodyguard. He wasn't the, the correct stock for the princess's, uh. Correct. 
Yes, and and you know, so he remembers that, and he has these nightmares. He 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 has his how did they put it? He has his his brainstem cauterized frequently to to stop these yeah. these nightmares. But because the Zarnians have that massive healing factor, it just heals, and he has the nightmares again, and he just wants these nightmares to stop. So. There's an emotional quotient to this. That's just not the old bastitch. I'm gonna kill you. Smoke my cigar. I love dolphins. You're dead. You know, which was fun. I have to admit, I do have an affinity for the old Omega Men uh, sired yeah. Lobo. He's a good character, but you know, how much play are you gonna get off that? Well, this is a nice. Well, they got the Wolverine I mean, and Punisher still going strong, right? It's true, but yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't think I'd put Lobo in the same category as Wolverine and the I, Punisher, as far as you know, well, memorable stories go. No, no. Oh, I mean, he was he was definitely. I think I, I love old old school Lobo, and and yeah, there were there is one note is is basically the definition, but it's uh, I think. I would, I, I, no, I know I would have enjoyed this more had it not had, um, if it, if this was, if we were pre-New 52 and they were coming out with a new Lobo story and it's like, hey, the Lobo you knew isn't, and, and they just were telling this story, but because of the New 52 and so many changes with everything across the board, it, it, that, which seems to be a theme with me tonight with Dr. Mirage, that, that is, is, detracting from it for me i i thought i mean it, it looks great because riley brown's a beast and 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 the uh and and cullen is, is telling a pretty funky story it's it's another book that i want to read the next issue of and see where it's going and 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 uh i want to see him get the rest of of these assassins especially with with that last page where he goes you know now that he knows the target uh it's uh it's shame because he would have Done the job practically for free, and and that Bun has a has a way of of uh, piquing my curiosity. So I I, uh, yeah. I have faith, but I just but but if it wasn't for the appearance of the Lobo, we know you could almost pretend that this isn't taking place in the New Fifty Two because there was really no ties to that. Right, right, like, right. like we yes. didn't we didn't get a, a Booster Gold no, appearance no, no, no. or anything like that, right. or, or a Brainiac, yeah, but. But um, it again to just to reinforce what you said, it it doesn't feel like New Fifty Two to me. No, it, that's, uh, that's why I like. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It doesn't have the same weight of uh, the Green Lantern or Superman or it. It, it yeah. really no. You're right. I, I I agree with you there. It it doesn't it doesn't feel like the other New Fifty Two books. This could have been published, you know. Before the new fifty two, it, it, it's just it, the timing with me. It's and then it's and again, I, it, if I reread this in a few months, or if I just I look at it later and and away from what else was going on, it's just I I, I don't know why it's maybe because it is Lobo, but but I don't know why the outside of of what's going on inside is is affecting me as much as it is. Yeah. Have you guys ever read the? Um... Lobo miniseries illustrated by Alex Horley. I think it was called like Son of a Bastage or something like that. Oh my god, you gotta read it. It's, it's all fully painted and Horley models a character after Lil Kim when she was all, yeah, back when she was really 
something. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it's amazing. But I, I think I forget the name. Son of a Bastich or Son of Something, something mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's really good. I think it's been collected, but, um, it's a, it's a, it's a common theme. I'm, I've been given DC a lot of chances lately. Mm-hmm. I, I bought that booster gold futures end right. thing. And, and I, I, for some, I know I complain about it a lot, but I can't, I can't pull my head away from futures end the weekly. I, I there's something in me that wants to like this and I'm struggling with this because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I really don't know why I can't warm up. You're, to like, this. you're like the child who looks paced, but we still love you. Seriously. And I, I, I can't put my finger on it. I read the Booster Gold thing and I enjoyed it, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think this ramp up to this Blood Moon thing is whatever they're doing with Future's End and World's End and Blood Moon, it's so unnecessarily convoluted. Like there's so many things going on and it's taking so long to get there that it's detracting from, I think, what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it just—it hurts my heart. It does hurt your heart. Yeah. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> the, the one uh, getting back to this, I will say the thing that 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 I don't want to go uh, unclarified to the listeners is that I think Bun did everything you need to do in a first issue here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He, he had the, the the clever bit of 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 of, of exercising and and. and Front taking front and center the criticism that he's been dealing with for the last three months post the solicit in a very funny way and I think appropriate way. He he then, as you said, Vince, I you guys know I I I mean I'm a huge Scooby Doo fan and and one of my favorite Scooby Doo uh, runs was Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, which had a cartoon Vincent Price as their as their uh, their, their spirit guide. <laughs> and the reason for that was because it was a quest they had to capture. 13 ghosts that had escaped Ghostbuster style. I yeah. love quest books and this is a quest, right? As Vince yeah. said, there are eight super assassins. This is Mega Man. This is, this is a video game. There are eight. Oh, you're th- right. This is yeah. Bossing up. You have eight assassins that are all among the best in the, in the galaxy. They each have their own methodologies, powers, abilities, so forth, so on. Lobo has been given a contract to kill all eight, but we then know Bun is setting up that there's another layer of the story, which is why are they all descending upon Earth? Why Lobo asks himself, if this is of someone that this guy wants dead so much and money's on issue, why didn't they contract him to kill him? So we know that there's yeah. some reason Lobo wasn't asked to kill them. We 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 know that we're gonna find that out. We also know that we're just seeing the beginning glimpses of his backstory. We we, we know that he was the one that, that was responsible for Zarnia. We know that he was dating the princess. We know that he was the bodyguard. But how did he come to be the guy that was that was that led to Zarnia being destroyed? Um the visually again, to Riley Brown's credit, we have those first three pages which are, are humor and action. Then we have that pastel pencil scenes. Then we get to a a uh, a couple pages where because this is all in his in his dream this beautiful princess that he's dating is all of a sudden a melting, rotting, mm. degenerative corpse. And and, yep. and the flesh is flaying off of her body and she's saying, how could you have done this to us? And then all of a sudden it pans back out to the cityscape and everybody in the city is burning and melting. And and, and it's 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 it, – I don't know. I just – I think this I, – I don't want to be struck with the hyperbole accusations. But first issue in, I think this is Riley Brown's best work I've ever seen. And this is, and I'm a fan of his. And I, you have, I think, you have yeah. art. I do. Wall. I have art on my walls of his. So, so I, I really think 
um, he's he's pulling out chops here that I haven't seen him use before. Um, yeah. So let's give a, a little bit of props too to Nelson DeCastro because he he did wonderful uh, embellishing mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And our boy Aaron Cooter, I think the cover's hot. I think the cover's super hot. It, it is. It is. Yeah. 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 I, I wonder what those first two three pages are going for. I would expect they would be going for good money because that's pretty significant. Uh, I would, I, I have, I don't know offhand, but I would agree just because it's, they're, yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's the yeah. first, it's the first appearance of a new character and so forth. So and on, the so. last appearance yeah. of an old one. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you never I really love it on that. Yeah, no, that's true. Right. I really love the page where the, the, uh, the alien woman is, is telling him about the contract and behind her, you there's have a, all the... a big, you have all the assassins in like this big, big, uh, assemblage in the, in the upper, um, uh, Reaches of the panel. It's a really sharp page. Mm. I would want. I would want that. Yeah. Well, he will be at New York Comic Con, so I'm in like Flynn yeah, for is. this. I I think it's pretty safe to say that this is one of the best New Fifty Two issues since its inception. Okay. It that that's a very fair statement to make. Okay. It is. I, I believe it. And, uh, and you've it read more than I have, so I will take your word for it. Unfortunately, I've read a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately for on... me, but yeah, unfortunately for you. Um, it wasn't the only book by Mr. Bunn this Wednesday, too. He had that Brides of Helheim from uh, Oni. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's cranking out stuff like crazy, and it's all good. Props to Mr. Bunn. No doubt, no doubt. Yep. What else do we have? Uh, I... Have uh, actually no, that's going to be my inner travels. I uh, just what is it? Is an icon book? It is. Oh, it can't be inner travels because I want to talk about it too. Then we <laughs> can talk about it. I will. All right. Uh, I'm going to say real quick. I um, I read Copperhead number one. Ooh, nice. And Southern Bastards number four. Ooh, nice. And yeah, can't talk about that second I, one. No, I won't. I won't. But Just I, though, I, but I, was I right or was I right? No, yeah, no. It was. I both, both were great, and that was Southern Bastards number four. For for people who um, who follow Jason and or I on on Facebook, that was the issue that uh, I was talking to Renee about in the car on the drive to work, where. Uh, she she mentioned how Jason has good taste because I recap basically the first three issues before getting to the big wow. deal of number four and and uh, I was even talking to the minion about number four and and it was nice. I mean it, it's it's it, it's this is being I don't get into the whole hyperbole thing myself but it it's it's yeah. an issue that is it it's it's close to life changing it it's it just it makes you just. Yeah, I, and I'm glad for the epilogue because, uh, it may give you hope, but there is, it's, it's, it's big fucking doings. It, oh, no doubt. Yeah. And, and the trade came out, I believe, yesterday, so you can get those, those, uh, those four issues, but, uh, cheap too. Yeah, of Nine, course. 999. Yeah. Uh, Latour will be at New York Comic Con and I can't wait to give him big ups for this. I, I don't, I don't know if Jason's going to be there. He's not listed as a, as a guest, but that doesn't mean he won't be. He could be there just on Marvel's time or something. But, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I, this is Jason Aaron 
comics. Uh, yes. Yeah. As and, is, as is this the next thing. Yes. Uh, this, this next thing. Uh, this was, th- this was the issue. This was a book I read this week where I was like, I had to look at the cover twice because I'm like, Icon's still around? Because I, it honestly, th- this could have been an image book. Um, Absolutely. and I, I thought it was at first. And, and I remember when, when we had Jason on, I, I think I asked if it was, um, if it was going to be at image and, and he said Icon. But, uh, this is, uh, Men of Wrath number one by Jason Aaron and Ron Garney. And the, so fucking good. It, it's, it is, it, it's great looking. It doesn't look like his Wolverine Weapon X stuff. It doesn't look like his, his Scar Son of Hulk stuff. It is, it, it's, I mean, Garney is, is another one. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll call him a beast. But when you get to the end of this issue, uh, in basically the, the, the back matter, Aaron explains, he gives you a little bit about himself and, and his, um, father and, and grandfather and, and you, realize at the beginning of the issue how things play out that uh that Jason Aaron is is a writer who uses his his real life and personal experience in his stories and um there's i he has an affinity for his his hometown for where he lives because there's uh Alabama is referenced here as it is in Southern Bastards and uh yeah, he can write Thor, God of Thunder. He can write Original Sin, and and he can he can uh, write the the superheroes, and he can write Punisher and Scalped and Southern Bastards, and and he's he's comfortable in in both places, and he uh, he leaves some of himself um, in in each series, and this was. This was a different first issue than Lobo, but it was still enough to, uh, to get you, to whet your appetite. You, I, cause you get, and, and I don't know how you felt about it, Jason, but it's again where you get to the last page and you're like, oh, he's that some shit. And, and you just, you, lately we've, we, we've been really lucky, uh, or unlucky depending on how long you feel like waiting, but we've been really lucky with, with, issues ending where you want more where where you need to read the next issue right right and 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 that's that's great i i hate putting an issue down going all right well i'll just I'll read the next one when it comes out i i need that next issue now with thor with lobo with men of wrath and and uh and i think it's it it's great cuz it it's it really does I think Jason and Ron both, uh, they kind of just really put it all out there. They, 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 uh, they were both swinging for the fences with this one. I completely agree. And, and there's the back matter for this one, I think in a way teases the book better than any solicit could, sure. uh, the, the mail of wrath page. Uh, Jason talks about, um, there's something that happens in the beginning of this book that, uh, that I'm, I'm shocked to find out is directly taking his <laughs> own family lineage. Uh, and I'll leave that there for you to experience as a reader. But he says in the second paragraph of the back matter, he says, 
this may be the darkest, meanest thing I've ever written. Now, <laughs> if, if anyone has read any Jason Aaron comics, uh, outside of his big two superhero work, you know what that statement means. If you've read Southern Bastards and you've read Scalped, for him to preface this by saying this could be the nastiest thing he's ever done, I mean, that is off the charts. Uh, I, I, I can't fathom the depths with which he's likely to go here in this series. And, and there is something that happens in this, in this issue, which full disclosure will probably turn some people off to the point where it, they'll consider it have gone, going too far. Uh, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but that's, there wasn't, you're right, you're right. That, that definitely sets the character up and, uh, I don't know why, I'm not gonna say it didn't phase me, cause it was so nonchalant, but it also, Garney wasn't gratuitous with it. It's not like it was a full page close up right. and you saw it happen. It was just, alright, yeah, it was, it was like someone throwing a quarter in, in, in a pond and, and it, it was, um, which is even worse when you think about it that way, but it, uh, it, Jason's proving his point. And Jason Aaron's proving his point as far as the back matter and referencing that, that scene. Um, but it, uh, it, it also sets up this, this character. And, uh, as you read throughout the issue, um, as sparse as, as this person's life is, it, uh, he has no, it, it just, it's appropriate. As as bad or as, as as sad as that may be. Agreed, agreed. I, I th- this guy, the, the the protagonist, if you will, uh, is is as despicable a protagonist as we've ever gotten in a comic book. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Um, uh, so I can't wait to see where this goes. But but another triumphant first issue, and for some reason, maybe because it's icon, I feel like there hasn't been much talk of this book. You know, that could be. That could be. Right. I mean, I don't. I don't. I feel like Southern Bastards was so widely anticipated by everybody, um, and 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 super hyped before it it ever hit the stands. But I don't. I haven't heard many people react to this book yet no. on in any direction. So I've, I've seen no no chatter. But I, it, it also I, it may it may have the misfortune of dropping this week. Where you have so many other, um, first issues and big changes happening across the board. Sure, um, sure. They may have just gotten swallowed up, which is, that's just unfortunate. So we'll have to just make sure people are aware of it, uh, tonight and, and next week and at, at the con and, and make sure that they pick it up if, I'm sure it'll be available, but, but they, yeah. we have to let people know they have to leave the convention with it if they haven't read it yet. Absolutely. Get on it. Yeah. Vince, you told us before we started recording you had like seven or eight things to talk about, so get on it. I do. I do. Um, I got to give props to Mike Richardson for totally um, revamping the Dark Horse Presents. Yes. Uh, I read the second issue. Mm. Uh, everything is just keeps getting better. Um, there is a Aliens story featuring Hicks that directly ties to the second movie and the stuff they're doing in Fire and Stone. That's amazing. Uh, it was written by Chris Roberson, uh, art and colors by Paul Lee. 
Ryan Dunleavy and Mr. Fred Van Lenty will teach you how to be an action philosopher. <laughs> mm-hmm. how, how, to, how to think, what kind of uh, pitfalls of uh, thinking to avoid. It, it's really funny. The dynamic duo of Jordi Belair and Declan Shalvey mm-hmm. have My a, peeps. A, a really touching uh, story called Banjo in here that's more like um, illustrated song lyrics. That that's a plus. It's it's um, but a a girl whose father uh, dies in in the Civil War, and she's playing the banjo and singing to him. It's 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 a really cool story. But uh, let's see what else do we have here. Brendan McCarthy uh, provides another chapter to the Dream Gang thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Nemo meets Sergeant Pepper. Oh yes, this kale- yes, this kaleidoscopic. Um, uh, traips through the dreamlands but the two serials that are really roping me in are the uh, resident alien by peter hogan and bo jeffrey saga's uh steve parkhouse we find out why harry came to earth what what instigated his trip here um and the other this guy is is really quickly becoming one of my favorites andy coon I absolutely love his art. There, there, his turtle stuff, the thing that he did, that Frankenstein of Mars thing that he did for that, um, the giant size kung fu bio stories. This wrestling with demons is awesome. Uh, the, the plot thickens, so to speak, and we're introduced to the guy pulling the strings at the, the, the fight club and some of the, members of this fight club and it is nasty shit mm-hmm. i mean you get to the last part of this serial and you're just like i have no idea how he's going to survive this i mean he is set up against an opponent called flag wraith vlogpour and this thing is massive it's it's alien it's massive the the torso on this thing is huge and you're just like what is this a three chapter serial is it going to be one page next month like oh you're dead Right. It's, it's, it's pretty, for $4.99. The, the tone of this incarnation of Dark Horse Presents is, I, I think there are a lot more elements of the fantastic in this, this time around, mm-hmm. which is, which is why I'm grooving on it more than, than the last one. And it's a little bit easier on the, on the wallet too, yes, at $4.99. Yes. So I, I think this is a masterstroke. They, I think they got the formula down right this time. I think so too. And as I think we said with the first issue, that I, I, we don't often obsess about how much a comic that we're reading costs. But I do think, uh, objectively, the the last DHP, which had some very good stuff in it, um, but what was lost in the fact that it was in a, a nine dollar book um, or eight seven ninety nine or what it was either seven nine or eight ninety nine. Yeah. I just think that that if you're putting in a $150 order through DCB service, you, you may not, you, you, you're probably fine with the, the price point is because you're getting the page count. But for the many people that are still using a pool list or going to an LCS, that's such an easy book to put back on the shelf. You know, yep. it's such yep. it's because it's, it's an anthology. They don't know what they're getting. And then on top of it, it's the price of a trade paperback. And uh, I think that was a big misstep. So kudos to them for, for for ratcheting back on that and going with a, a much better price point. Yeah, I I have some evidence to your claims because I ordered the first three of the the uh, last incarnation and it was really easy for me to cut. 
even after discount because it was just one of those things where the price point was a lot sure. higher than everything else. And regardless of the fact that my boy Neil Adams was in there, <laughs> you know, I, I cut it nonetheless. But th- I, this, it's it's almost effortless to order this. Right. It's it's not it's not too far removed from a three ninety nine book. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna stay on my my uh, pull list for a, a long time to come. Nice. If it if it stays this good, yeah. And I think I may hit up Andy Coon in New York. Oh, go. nice. I seriously love his art. I, I think he's so good. The blacks are amazing. And, and he's another one of those guys like, like Gabriel. And I, Gabriel's my go-to guy sometimes mm-hmm. for, for this type you of work. You like Gabriel sketch you at the show. Yeah. He sketched me in mm-hmm. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. He does the ugly dudes, huh? He does, well, obviously. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so That's why he hasn't I mean, done me yet. Yeah, you know, with all, the, with all, with all, all the praise we've been given Marvel for their their uh, Spider stuff, I I gotta take it down a notch and be honest. Oh, you're gonna bring it down, huh? Just 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 a little. Right. Just a little. I'm, I'm with you. The, I, I, all I'm gonna say is issue four of Edge was not all that. No. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I was. Gonna we, say, I mean, we, I'm, we, I'm, not, I'm not totally. I totally don't disagree with you. I just, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know what I mean. So we gotta we gotta level all the praise with a little bit of reality. Right. I, and and it wasn't so much the story. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think the art was pretty listless. Fair enough. It it, it, it wasn't bad per se, but it, it wasn't anything that that would excite me or it it didn't visualize the events of the story well enough for me to care about mm-hmm. anything. Right. Yeah. It really it it just didn't. It felt like it didn't it, it didn't fit. With everything else, there, it wasn't. Uh, it was it's fine for a Halloween themed issue, but it wasn't. It, with everything else that was going on, the first three issues before this, and and the whole Spider Verse event, it just it, it, with the different names and 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 the the feel of it, and just the characters in the issue, it it really is practically a one eighty. Yeah, the co- the cover's great though. The cover's funky. I wish I wish I saw more of I, the cover. It, I I wanted to judge a book by its cover this time around, and and uh, uh, prove me right that that you can't. And it was. Uh, and it did what you hated. The last one did. Oh the yeah, cover. absolutely. Yeah, the, co- the I was, cover. So, so now, now I had to go back. I got to go back and look at the first two issues, and I'm like, wait, did they do that in one and two to see if it's just been a theme? But uh, yeah, no, they did that again, and uh, yeah, I just, you know, it, it, it's I don't recall either creator from from anything before, and it, it was almost like it. They just needed a fourth issue, and and they wanted to just. I don't. I don't want to say that they wanted to shock or they were trying to go from a different direction because it still ties in because of the appearance of, of someone but the whole horror aspect of it was just it it, it was a turn off to me yeah and the the artist in question is uh elia bonetti mm-hmm. w- which sounds a lot like benelli to me and that's what this book looked like remember when marvel was doing the benelli books and that's yeah. not a slight, but but what I'm saying, the, it's it's very, I mean the the artwork is based in it's very realistic, so to speak. But there, there's there's no 
there's not a lot of expression in the line. It's plasticky. It does. It 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 it, it looks pre like prefab art. Yeah. And it's it, there's nothing wrong with no. it per se. It's no. just it's just to, it's to my eyes, it it is serviceable, but it's kind of lifeless. The shadows are all in the right spot, you know. The 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 I mean, she she or he I don't know if Elia is a male or female uh name but mixes up the 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 camera angles well it the 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 sequentials flow nicely it's just that i i i i can't find very many things about the 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 line quality or the brush quality to to really praise it 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 did the job that's you know me mediocre is the worst dig i can ever give a book and this, it's, it's in that zone. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it doesn't fail. It doesn't succeed. It's right in the middle. So take that, you know, for what it's worth, I guess. Yeah. Dude, did you have a chance to read Night World number three? Not yet. Oh man. You got me in love with this book. I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. Especially because of Hotspot, the guy that you said reminds you of me. Uh, <laughs> he, he has some lines in this third issue. Uh, he, He's, he's listening at one point there getting there, the, uh, one of the characters is sending a horde of demons to sneak up on him to try and attack him. And he's, so he's, uh, he's, you guys know this, but for our listeners, he's a, a red devil named Hotspot and he's the son <laughs> of the devil, but he's, he's, he's on the side of the good. He's, he's kind of the, the petulant son and he's super fast and he speaks in hip hop jargon and so at one point there are all these purplish demons sneaking up on him and you see him he's sitting back in his old haunted mansion uh with a green tracksuit on with a walkman uh and listening to boom 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 even brighter than the moon 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 and then they uh, they go to attack him so he opens up a, a mythical 40 ounce and pours it out on them and they die because the 40 ounce had holy water in it <laughs> and, and, and and then uh like and then they he's he's he climbs up to the tower trying to escape from from the horde and uh and how do you say his name plet uh plenilunio who's the the hero of the whole series flies up and grabs him and saves him as he's flying across and and hotspot says <laughs> Oh yeah, it's on like Necronomicon. <laughs> <laughs> Tell what did was I not dead on? That is so freaking hilarious. It's great. Yeah. Uh it's, so the it's 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 a it's a modern Italian horror book is is what it really is. Um and, and it's 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 out there. It's 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 I would imagine it's it would seem strange to some people, but but for those that dig on the Kirby and dig on the Italian Horror. I I just I love it and, and the characters are great. Uh he even um Plen, uh Plenilunio asks him at one point, did you leave the window open? Um and then he says, Totes undercounted on the brimstone DIP oi. Uh it's just just ridiculous. It's just so so funny. And and, and it's one of those things where I'm imagining that for every person like me that's reading that and thinks it's hysterical, there are probably ten people reading it that are totally annoyed by the use of that jargon. Aww, so, 
doesn't that smack of I mean you could just tell that the creative team are like no 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 let's do this like they're having so much oh, fun Oh absolutely they're fun. totally having a, a tremendous yeah. amount of fun absolutely That that kind of enthusiasm for the work I mean it's in the work Yeah it's and it's it's in, it's infectious you feel it when 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 you when you experience this work mm-hmm. you cannot put a price on it's that It's Paolo Leandri is the is the artist and and Dominic Rigg is the colorist the writer's Adam McGovern and he will be at New York Comic Con so I'm hoping to shake his hand and tell nice. him how much we're enjoying this one While we're on the image uh subject of image books that are fun I reread the first issue of uh Ryan Brownie's God Hates Astronauts uh, Did you read issue number 2 I didn't get it yet. Oh. It comes in it comes in my box. Okay. I, he is on to something. I mean, I know we talked about this, but Ryan Ryan really has something here. It I I rarely rarely laugh out loud at at comics. It takes a real lot uh, for me to just you know break the silence mm-hmm. when I'm reading because I don't even put the damn radio on. I don't put any music on. I I need silence when I read. Right. And this issue one i i laughed out loud multiple times it's just it's stupid funny <laughs> that is the that is the best kind of funny king tiger eating a cheeseburger it's it's insane how how but but if you just sat down and said i'm gonna make a book you know all these wacky kids you would fall on your face most people would this just clicks it works the characters are zany and the, the, from the, I mean, the, the sound effects that he uses, like corn chomps, you know, when the, when, when, uh. Ryan has yeah. phenomenal sound effects. Yes. He, but he, it, it's, it, to me, it's more than that. He has an innate sense of, it's just like an instinctual sense of what is funny and what works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was a joy to read this thing again. And I don't know, um, I don't remember the digital edition, but the, uh, the paper edition goes right to the inside back cover that's how much story there is to this and there's uh pseudo testimonials on the back cover select critical outrage for or against gold hates astronauts like it's spelled (laughs) it's freaking stupid right god hates astronauts fills me with the same diseased hate as a late night run for the border seal everett coop regional shark and food doctor of science like and it just keeps going and the Meriwether T. Snapple, the heir to the Snapple beverage fortune, pops up multiple times. It's you got it. You have to read this for yourself. Yes. It's a, it's amazing just how damn funny this thing is, and his drawing ability. It's, yeah, it, it, it just compounds if, with everything he, I see from if him. If you only could cut down on the tangents, he'd be. That, but that's true. You're right. At the very top. Yeah. Ah, I love tangents. No, I'm just kidding. He he lectured my. Uh, yeah. at, at Heroes, he went through my portfolio and uh, pointed out all the tangents and how much it bothered him. So. See, maybe it's that attention to detail that makes him such a funny guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with you. And, and the second issue came out, and it was, I, I thought, uh, uh, as, as strong. So he's 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 keeping the foot on the accelerator, as they say. And, and he is tiptoeing into the world of uh, resin figures, too, with the 3D cowboy resin that yes, they recently yes, did. Yes. I, I want resin figures for all these characters. All of them. How cool would it be to put, just have, a, I mean, me, the man who collects the tchotchkes, just a whole shelf of God Hates Astronauts characters. <laughs> that would, I'll, I'll paint them for free. Wow. You heard it again, well, Ryan. One of them for me. Yeah, well. Not all of them. Alright, fair enough. Yeah, nah, he's, this is magic. 
It's magic, oh, oh. you know. <laughs> Wait, let's check the. <sighs> oh, hey now, what? What do you have? I mean, the, I'm looking at it. There should That's be a all. never-ending trove of things we can discuss. I have another one. I got to say, Dap was dead on. Mm. The first uh, Prometheus Fire and Stone was the bomb. I, that, uh, I didn't read it yet, but that's cool. Juan Ferreira. Ooh, <laughs> holy mackerel! It's it's well, uh, you know, this goes without saying. It was much better than the movie, <laughs> <laughs> which we all enjoyed. Yeah, we all liked the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, they're building to this massive shared universe that I think is really smart. Because they're xenomorphs in this first Prometheus. Not the one from the movie, the traditional aliens right. xenomorph pop up in this. And it's a nice bridge. All of these things, um, I also read the first aliens, fire and, and stone, which was good, but it paled in comparison to the Prometheus. But there, there are different, uh, periods of time in this this sector of space. What is it? LV-223, which uh, brings Hadley's Hope into it, which is the colony that Ripley and Hicks and everyone barge into in the second Aliens movie. I think people forget that, that this, this stuff is pulled directly from these movies we love. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to bring the Predator into it. That's that's insane. That's awesome. It is. Mr. Ferreira is Argentinian, by the way. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. He does the covers for a lot of stuff too. That means he's skilled at the arts of love. Mm, Const- he does Constantine. He does Colder. Uh, but I, I don't know if this is the first interiors. It's the first interiors that I, I'm aware of though. Oh no, he did, uh, Kiss Me Satan. Oh, okay. He did, yeah, he's done some BPRD stuff. Oh yeah? He's, he's, yeah, yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay. Yep, yep. Let me step back then. That's alright. Um, step right on no, back. He, He's hot. It's because of him that I tried the the first uh, colder miniseries to begin with. Oh, okay, and, cool. Yeah. Uh, now I, he's working on the ongoing too. Yes. Which started uh, was it last week? I think it, the first issue premiered. Yep, from Dark Horse. Ah, oh, he's hot. He's he's on my list. Everything he bu- he does, I buy. Nice. Yeah. He must be fairly fast too, because his art's very detailed, very painterly, and he's been, I mean, cranking it out. He's he he did this Prometheus thing, I'm assuming simultaneous with the colder stuff, mm-hmm. because he's on that too. That's cool. So, yeah, talented bastard. You been keeping up with the Marvels, or aside from the Spider stuff, not all that much. Mm. I got him. I love just, is over. No, the love it's is like not turning. over. <laughs> You know, you know what it is. Everything else is is getting very good, uh-huh. or you know, and it's just that there's so much to read. How do I how do I pick and choose? That's hard. Something it is hard. By the wayside, I catch up eventually. I did read the Bucky Barnes. Look at that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. My... <laughs> yeah, well, all well, the things to catch up. What Marvel did you read, David or Jason? Oh, lots. I, I, I caught up through all new invaders, which I talked a little bit about last week. So we don't need to delve back into that, but that's, 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 that's strong to very strong. Uh, all new X-Men. Uh, I'm through issue 32, which I think is either up to date or one behind. You know, I, 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 I am up to that as well. 
I Mahmoud. was oh it's, it's gorgeous. It it's it's amazing and it's uh which I guess is the flip side of after talking about the artist edition cover uh book I was expecting something different with uh with the whole hey welcome to the X-Men Miles Morales oh, that right, could right. not be further from the goddamn truth right uh, so what David's talking about is they alluded through previews and solicits and all that that Miles Morales the ultimate universe's Spider-Man is going to join the all new X-Men and I still think that it may I, happen absolutely I still think that may happen but but to your point that's not that's a little bit of a bait and switch at least at first the all new X-Men which at this point uh, in this arc consists of the original, uh, the original teenage X-Men that are now brought into the present day, which has been the conceit of this entire book, uh, plus X-23, my girl, Footclaw, what, what? Um, they go off because Cerebra picks up uh, a signal. They go off to find this, this, this girl and her power is seemingly to teleport, but in essence, she can teleport people to other dimensions, other worlds. So each of the X-Men characters finds himself in a different scenario. Uh, X-23 is teleported onto a football field. Uh, you've got Angel teleported into the Savage Land, but it's the ultimate Savage Land because uh, he is quickly come upon by the ultimate Wolverine, who is the, the blonde-haired Wolverine. Um, so there. Oh, from Ultimate X. Yeah, from Ultimate yeah. X. Uh, oh, nice. And then to David's point, um, Jean Grey is is transported into, I guess, Ultimate New York City, and and is is quickly descended upon by Miles Morales. Um, and Iceman is 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 with the Mole Men uh, for what that's worth. But but uh, yeah, I, I think it's terrific. I mean, Mahmoud is is one of our favorites, so no question, the artist is is awesome. Um, I've struggled a bit with the way Bendis has treated Jean Grey throughout this series, uh, just because she's so much more powerful than she ever was before. Well, wait, let me let me let me write it back. She's way more powerful at her age and experience level than we ever saw her in the old book until such time as she gets the Phoenix Force, in which case, obviously, she becomes godlike. But but um, she can do lots of things here in this book that she could never do before. Um, so I, at that age, you're right. Yeah, so you're I've right. had mixed views of it in that regard, but I, I still am, I'm still, I'm still grooving with the whole concept. Um, there's a double page spread where, um, uh, Jean is, is trying to get her bearings where she's at because she, she, she's come across Miles and it's clear he's Spider-Man, but she's, she doesn't recognize him as the Spider-Man that she knows. So she says, can I read your mind? It's nice for her to ask permission. And he says, okay, go ahead. So she, she reads his mind to get caught up as to where she's at. And Mahmoud does this double page spread with Miles in the, in the center. And then all of these broken, uh, chunks of a, of a, of a, of a spherical, cylindrical memory chain. Um, and, and it's colored with just, with just black and white gray and then splotches of red. It's be, it's, 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 it's a, um, it's a wonderful two page spread. Um, uh, and, and I do think the coloring on this book is a big part of what makes the book special. Um, so I, I think it's cool, but to David's point, 
we're left with an idea that that Jean is who who Jean is already tormented, right? Because she's pulled from her 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 present day into the future, where she's been put on trial for for genocide. Uh, she's surrounded by people that either hate her or are in love with her, uh, but she has doesn't have the same level of, of, of emotion that she with for these people. So she's very conflicted being in the present day, yet she can't go back to the to the to the past, at least at this point she doesn't think she can. And now all of a sudden she finds herself in a new universe without anyone else of her support cat uh, her support system and is is led to believe by the Amadeus Cho of the Ultimate Universe that she can't go back. That that she's got to make herself comfortable because she's not stuck in the ultimate universe. So I can't imagine that that will go on for long. I don't, I don't, I don't foresee Bendis merging the ultimate universe into all new X-Men for, for long. But the question is, 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 does, does this somehow last until we get to Axis? And, and then is there some kind of, of, of MacGuffin type of thing where after Axis we are presented with Miles Morales being in the, in, in the 616? I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Hmm. But uh now see I'm a bit confused mm-hmm. as far as the ultimate universe goes. I didn't see Cataclysm to its nor did I uh to its end. So I was under the assumption that the whole place just got Completely. destroyed. Yeah. Oh, see I, I I don't know that. So maybe if that's the case I don't know where this fits into that. Hmm. And another thing, um we could assume or argue that when Gene was being taught by Professor X, he didn't have the support group that the mutants have now with, with, you know, everyone uh, being fairly comfortable and, and knowledgeable with their powers. And like, there's mutants, there's mutants everywhere in the current 616. So her being extracted from her original timeline without a massive support group and put into the current timeline where you have, she has all these helping hands. That could be one of the reasons why her skill set has been ratcheted up because there's people showing her how to use these things, how to access her powers, blah, blah, blah. Most F. So, yeah, maybe that could be one of the mm-hmm. reasons. But you're right. Bendis lays it on a little thick with, with Jean. Like she is, she's, she's tough. She's got powers. You I know? think like, he's having fun with the fact that it's been a long while since we've had Jean in the, yeah, in the world. In, but. It's in a way that we now that we're talking about it, it's 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 in some ways classic Bendis. He 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 he's so he goes so strong for a while, and then uh, he starts hitting a tone that gets a little annoying. I think with certain characters, mm-hmm. and I think that's where know, we're at with with her right now for me. Yeah, and you know what? Because of the Beast's lack of foresight and foreskin, he, yeah, he could have effectively created a threat that would make the um Macron crystal civilization destroying mm-hmm. Jean Grey look like Willie Lumpkin. No doubt. By by comparison. Mm-hmm. I mean she Jean could destroy everything. This Jean. So uh, it's that's intriguing. I, I think that that's the special part of this series was bringing the uh, the kids to the present. I mean, there's, the possibilities are endless. It was brilliant, right. I think. Just just as the Jean Grey part alone makes you just uh, extrapolate on what could possibly happen. Like, it, it boggles the mind. It really does. Uh, I agree. 
she could be the MacGuffin. She could she could be the one that just becomes so powerful uh, through the Phoenix that she just changes everything. Mm-hmm. Time runs out. It could be Gene. It's true. And we have this Axis thing and then the time runs out thing. So a lot of balls in the air on that front. Yeah, quote, it's exciting. Quote, unquote, universe changing. Well, it could be exciting or it could be – you always have to go in, I think, with reservations when it comes to these big events anymore because you just never know. But – but uh, yeah. I'm excited for Axis for sure. Uh, the Remender event excites me. Um, also, uh, got caught up on Amazing X-Men, which is another one of those books I fear was unfairly uh, pushed aside when um, when Aaron and McGinnis were done the first arc because people thought, okay, well, there goes that book because Aaron had too many commitments to keep going with it. But um, but Kyle uh, Kyle and Yost took over. Who have done some excellent uh, mutant stuff over the years? Uh, hey, yeah. Carlo Barberi uh, took over uh, in the interim for pencils, and I'm a big fan of his as well. And this 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 arc has been right up my alley. It's uh, four part. They're through four or five of the arc. It's uh, World War Wendigo. <laughs> so the Wendigo creature, the giant white beast uh, creature that uh, was first made famous in Herb Trimpey's uh, Incredible Hulk. Uh, when when our my boy Wolverine is first introduced fighting him, he's a Canadian mythological beast that is uh, created as a curse because when someone eats human flesh, they turn into a Wendigo. Well, because of a mob killing where someone ground up the victim into uh, a meat press without anyone knowing, tons of Canadians have un, have un, un, unexpectedly and unknowingly eaten human flesh. And have turned into Wendigos. And it's a little bit like a werewolf. If they bite you or scratch you or attack you, you then become a Wendigo. So at this point, there are tens of thousands of Wendigos running rampant through Canada. And this is a problem because Wendigos are uh, as strong as the Hulk in some people's estimation. So very, very difficult situation. And when we're talking X-Men book and we're talking Canada, what else are we talking about? Alpha Fly. Alpha <laughs> we, we are presented with Puck getting a phone call for his help. They need his help. And he blows them off. Why does he blow them off? Because he's in bed with Talisman. Yes. Get out. Hitting them skins. Yep. My boy getting that Talisman ass. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, that's true. Maybe he should hook up with uh, Anna. Oh. <laughs> you said you texted. Well, Anna doesn't like it a little, obviously. She's with Peter. Oh, uh, true. But no, so, so this has been a lot of fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I love Alpha Flight, as you guys know. Um, I think Barbary's art's great. I, I think Yost and, and, and Kyle know these characters well. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a fun, this book is a fun loving X-Men book. They're just they're they're dealing with the crisis at hand and they're making jokes and they're and they're executing as a team. There's there's not that gravitas that that is so common in the other X books the last oh I don't know 15 years where where they're so beholden to trying to to stop these bleak future future selves from emerging. Uh, this is just adventuresome X Men and I, I I think it's wonderful and I, I hope people didn't abandon it because uh, of it. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention is speaking of, of, of books that were abandoned, David, I'm pretty sure you, you, you can talk about this book too, is Moon Knight number seven. Yes. 
And 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 before we talk about Moon Knight number seven, I want to say that that Marvel did something with Moon Knight number six that I would love to see Marvel and DC both do more often. When it was announced that that Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey, our boy shout out, were leaving Moon Knight after the first six issues, again I think unfairly many people said I'm out. I, I don't care. Even though. Uh, Brian Wood is a very capable writer, and Greg Smallwood, another friend of the show, is a phenomenal artist. And I think we're both we're all we're all very excited that that Greg is getting a chance to show his stuff on a Marvel book after uh, what we've seen of him uh, over at, at at Dark Horse. Um, so I, I that that creative team was certainly enough to get me to try number seven, but but I think it was pretty clear that lots of people had no intention of giving this team a try. So Marvel did something very smart. They put the first six pages of issue number seven in the back of issue number six. Yes. And I think that is very, very well thought out. And I would love to see when there's major creator changeovers that done more regularly by Marvel and DC to give these other creators a chance for people to keep the book going. Um, and, and for, and then I'll, David, I'll let you jump in. I, I thought issue number seven was, was, was spot on. I thought it was as good as the first six issues. Agreed. It was, uh, it, it had, I mean, with Mr. Knight and dealing with the police, there was that carryover of what, what Ellis was doing with the character and, and that world. But it, it looked different because Greg is not trying to be Declan and it, it played out a little differently as, as far as, uh, storytelling of it because Wood is not Ellis and, but it was still familiar. There was still enough there where this, this was issue seven of this series. It wasn't an all new moon night. It wasn't a number one of, of a new creative team or a new arc. It, it fit. It, it absolutely follows the, 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 the run that came before it and, and, uh, they, they, they basically are taking what Warren and Declan put down and running with it. And, and, uh, I think it's great. I thought that, and as I get to the last page, I, I, I finished the issue wondering if we finally, after seven issues, have our first somewhat maybe not two-parter, but an ongoing plot line. Not to say that the first six issues were not connected in any way, shape, or form, but they were pretty much all done in one. Yes, done in ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and when you get to the last page of issue seven, uh, it's it's not a head scratcher, but it it's it it leaves you wondering. And uh, and I'm I, I'm all for it. It was it was more superhero-y than the first six because of. Uh, because of what was going on in the city and what Moon Knight was was attempting to do, uh, there was probably more action or maybe more summer blockbuster style action than there were in the previous six issues. I, I thought the issue where um, he was going through the uh, the apartment building and and taking oh, down right. thugs that 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 wasn't that that was more of like uh, Escape from New York or just a very low key seventy style movie whereas this was more uh it was a grand scale it, it, it was there was a blackout in in New York City and uh when the wing came down to 
scoop up Mr. Knight so he could continue the fight. That were, it, the action was, was grander and, and, and the scope was, was grander in, in this issue. So I mean, I thought they, they followed up really well and they started off really well. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I have high hopes. I, I didn't doubt them because especially, I mean, yeah, Warren is leaving, Declan is leaving. At first, you're like, oh, but not if you're waiting to hear who's going to follow them. And and really, even if even if it wasn't, I mean, Brian Wood isn't the selling feature for me on this. It's 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 Greg Smallwood. I'm I'm giddy that he's Sir he's boy. working on on a Marvel book and and Moon Knight. And I mean, if I'm I'm continuing to read a freaking Moon Knight comic, so <laughs> that I mean, there's there's a lot. Going for it this time around. I, uh, I definitely think that, uh, any, any, I will, you know, if you dropped it, if you were like, I'm out because Warren's gone and Declan's gone and, and, and that's it. I don't, I don't care. Uh, that's, is short sighted. That, that's just, uh, makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad hey, we Jason. Uh, hey, Vincent. I have Amazing X Men number 11 on my screen here. Okay. This this sequence with Iceman and the the Shilos, that's pretty cool. Uh, definitely. Is that a, is that a uh, is that a Barbary issue or is that still McGill? Yes. Okay. I think it's a Barbary issue. Through thirteen, I, I just read through thirteen. So. I gotta say, here's a, here's a compliment for you. Barbary draws a very attractive storm. He does. I I really like Barbary. In fact, I uh, shout out to. To, uh, Michael Alexander, who is, uh, his rep, uh, you guys know him. He's the, he's the guy that reps, uh, that reps Ed McGinnis as well. Okay. We chatted up a lot at New York Comic Con last year. year. Yeah. Good dude, uh, up from Boston. Uh, he, he reps, um, Carlo Barberi and, uh, I, I, it had a happy ending, but I had ordered a page from Carlo, who's, who's from Mexico. He's Mexican. Um, I had ordered a page through Michael, uh, of Barberi's Thunderbolts, um, run and, uh, it, it, dude, it, the craziest thing happened. It got, um, caught in customs. The crate that Barbary's art was on, un- unrelated to his, his art, but it was one of those big shipping crates, you know? It got confiscated by U.S. Customs because they thought something was in it that was suspicious. And so everyone else that had stuff in that crate couldn't get it out of customs until they were done their investigation. Oh, so the art was locked up by U.S. Customs for four or five months. But, uh, Michael was, was, was terrific the whole time and he, um, at one point was feeling really bad because it, again, it had gone three, four months in and he reached out to me and said, uh, hey, you know, if you, by all means, the page is still yours when it, when it, it'll get here eventually. But if you want, do you want to, you know, trade it for something like from his upcoming, uh, Amazing X-Men run since, since we, we have, those pages aren't locked up and, uh, so I, he's bringing those pages to New York Comic Con. Um, Carlo won't be there, or maybe he will be. No, I don't think. Oh, he might be actually, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them in person because I, I think he's just got a really clean, clean line. He's uh, he's not quite a, a an Eminem type of, of style, but but it's right. that same clean, thick black line. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of uh, you know, not a lot of gray tones, not a lot of hash marks, that type of thing. So, no, his book is beautiful. Yeah. And you failed to mention one character that becomes a Wendigo. Oh, Wolvie. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. Wolf, Wolf, that's, yeah, Wolf, Wolverine Wendigo, yeah. That's crazy. And, and, and Yost and, and, and they, they do a great job of, of, of with characterization because, uh, North Star's been hanging out down, down with the X-Men for a long time now. 
He's married to an American citizen. He's, he's, he's fairly, he's pretty much not been up in Canada. So he hasn't seen his twin, uh, in a while. Uh, uh yes. Aurora, oh. who is a total raging biatch. Oh, and she, they play her up in this quite, quite nicely. But hot. Oh, well, she's, yeah, I mean, they're, they're both, I mean, they're almost elfin in how good looking they are, right? That's the whole, that's, that's the whole nature of their, those characters, but, but, uh, no, like I said, it's just, it's just fun X-Men comics, which is a nice t- tonic sometimes to the, to the very serious, which I love too, but, but, but much of the core X-Men are tied into these dire, desperate, never ending cycle of, of can they change their own, their futures? And, and this is just, hey, let's have some adventures. So. Well, you sold me. Who? Looking at, Looking at that art, you, you, you sold me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's nice. Now, without getting into it, because I haven't read it, wh- how, what have you guys thought of the, uh, the, the, the Death of Wolverine Beyond issue number one? Big pause is never <laughs> I, uh. Oh boy. <laughs> Sorry, I asked. No, I, the, 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 the end of the first issue was what it was, but then I'm reading the second issue, and I guess it was supposed to be some big reveal that uh, Viper is talking to, to Logan, and and she has this chain that's leading off panel, and uh, I guess it was supposed to be shocking that you know Sabretooth was at the end of it, and. Uh, but if you read the first issue, you know that, that, that's not a shock or a surprise. And then the, uh, I, I enjoyed the first issue more than I enjoyed the second. Okay. Mm. And then I got to the end of the second issue and it, it was, it wasn't predictable because I really wasn't expecting it, but it, it makes sense and, and I would have rather them not go there because I started reading the third issue and and there are some cute nods to to a series from the 80s hell yeah um, which if you liked that series then 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 more power to you uh, I don't know I I'm going to judge it when it's over I don't like kind of picking at it as it's coming out because the story's sure. obviously it's uh it still has a couple of, it's third issue, fourth issue. So I just, I don't know. I, a lot of it is, is the whole, uh, trying to figure out if there's just so much of it that, that feels like it shouldn't be happening in the present day. It feels like uh-huh. a, the end story and, and it, it shouldn't. It should be happening in the future, especially, and, and, I mean, you know, I went on about it with, with Nuke in the first issue, and, yeah. and there's just, there are little things like that that are, are stopping it from being a, a really cool Wolverine story, regardless of the outcome. I, I, I want to enjoy this Wolverine story, but they're, they're throwing things at it that make it hard for me to. Gotcha. Fair enough. Well, I'm really enjoying it, but, I don't have the attachment to the character that, that you guys You do. shut your mouth. I don't. I, I, I think uh, Sewell is doing a, a really good job with this. The, the, the ties to the past highs in, in, in Wolverine history are all here. 
I, I I'm enjoying it. I am too much of a fan not to read the end story, so I, I'm I am I have the issues two and three sitting here, and I will read them, uh, and I'll reserve judgment until then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you better not reserve judgment on where you're going to get your comic books cheap. Yes. All you got to do is go to DCBService.com. That's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, and you will get them hella cheap, as Jason would say. Massive discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles delivered right to your door, wrapped up all nice and tight and secure, and you don't even have to leave your couch. It's the future, but it's here right now, DCBService.com. Well, in your travels, I'm going to deviate from the norm a little bit and not tell you what you should be reading. Um, I'm going to tell you what you should be watching for this monster month of October. Uh, Uh, This is a a, a film from 1967, and it is the uh, definitely the inspiration for such things as the Groovy Ghoulies, the Monster Squad, which everybody seems to love. Any kind of creature palooza type production that followed, chances are really good that this was the inspiration for it. It's, uh, the Rankin Bass classic. It is a classic of animation. The Mad Monster Party. Uh, and aside from being one of the greatest old school animated films of all time, you have all the monsters in this. Frankenstein monster, Dracula, the mummy, the creature. They lopped off the Black Lagoon part, but it's the creature, the Invisible Man's in here, uh, the Wolfman, uh, just tons of monsters. Boris Karloff is the voice for Baron Frankenstein. Phyllis Diller's in it. There's a Peter Laurie character in here. But, see, this is why I'm telling you to watch this, because there are a couple of inroads from the comic book industry that make this movie really special. It was written by one Forrest J. Ackerman, who you all should know from Famous Monsters of Filmland, the creator of Vampirella. One of the writers was also Mr. Harvey Kurtzman. And the astounding character design was done by none other than Jack Davis. Oh, boy. Yes. So you, oh you, must, you, you must watch the Mad Monster Party. I think it's awesome. It, it, it is a product of its time though. It was created in the sixties. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you need to go in with that, but it, it's amazing. It's a musical. It's a monster movie. It's funny. It's kitschy. It's uh, groan inducing at times, but it's awesome. You need to watch it. Mad Monster Party. Swizzle. Yeah. All right. Well, when you're done watching that, if you feel like reading a comic, I would say, uh, another issue that came out yesterday, um, also a final issue and, uh, leading into a new series, uh, in your travels, check out Captain America number 25. You love that series. I surprisingly am a really big fan of this series. Uh, yeah, I, who would be some of the great Captain America writers? I don't know if Rick Remender would have been on that list for me prior to this series. And, uh, it's like Aaron with Thor God of Thunder. They, uh, and I guess like Remender on, on Uncanny Avengers, they, these are writers who, um, basically learned from Claremont, the good parts. From, from Claremont where they were going to, uh, 
drag some things along. We're going to let you know things are connected. And, and when you get to the end, you're going to be like, holy crap, I forgot about that. Didn't know where that was coming from. And it's, uh, it's ends up being a, a really cool story. This, this of course is the issue that, uh, introduces a new Captain America. And I love the cover because it was a very old school eighties, uh, Marvel <laughs> cover with the, with the silhouette and the characters in the yeah. background. Who's going to be an icy Cyclops in the corner. I'm like, yeah, he's going to be the next Captain America, but it's, uh, you have to grow up here. <laughs> 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 uh, he, uh, it, it's, although it's, it's interesting that, uh, they had a very similar effect on the cover of Uncanny Avengers where you had three of the female characters in white silhouettes. But uh, the, they even do a little uh, bit of humor when uh, when Captain America reveals himself and, and basically says that uh, there's basically no drama, right? There was no surprise to, to, to this reveal and, and it's true. But it's, uh, it was pretty damn well drawn by, uh, Carlos Pacheco and, 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 uh, uh Tobio. And, and actually, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Tobio. I, I, I'm blanking on the anchor right now. The, uh, and it was a small epilogue with, uh, by Eminent and, uh, Bongoro Badger, but it is, uh, Tybo was the anchor, and Tybo, Tybo, yeah, um, nice, and uh, colored by Zumba, and you have the <laughs> the uh, it it wraps up the whole Dimension Z and and uh, Jet Black and and Arnim Zola and the uh, it's a nice cap to that, and no pun intended, to 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 that uh, to the first. To, to, to Remender's run to this, to this, these 25 issues of Captain America. Tell a really cool story. Um, and, and there's some really bad humor between Steve and Clint, uh, when all of the Avengers are assembled to, to hear this, this big announcement that Steve has to make. Uh, and there's, there's a bit of a mystery, like I said, with, with the epilogue. And it, it's a, uh, there, there's going to be a new, all new Catherine. There'll be a first issue. Uh, I will be there for that one. And, and I, uh, I thought this was a, a pretty cool run. It, it's, uh, it's up there with some of the, some of the fondly remembered Captain America runs. I think it will be. I mean, it, this particular chapter was only 25 issues, but with Remender still telling this story, uh, there will be more to come. So I, I, I say check it out. And it's going to make a hell of an omnibus. That's what you live for. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know this. Speaking nice. of omnibuses, there are not one but two Avengers Marvel omnibus in this month's previews. Oh, fuck. Uh, there's a lot of books. There's in this the month. Avengers number two, long awaited, which is yeah. of the classic stuff. And then there's the, uh, the Busiek, uh, Perez Avengers, which is awesome. So I really love that series. Me too. Me too. Yep. I'm getting them It's both. crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so in your travels, well, shit, for once, in your travels, travel somewhere. Travel to New York Comic Con next weekend. Aww. And join us and 120,000 of our closest friends as we descend upon the Jacob Javits Center for four days of geeky greatness. 
it's <laughs> going to be an awesome show. It's got a trillion great artists there. Uh, if you're if you're into it now, I, I, this is not something I partake in too much at cons, but it seems to me from going to the New York Comic Con website and getting the press releases that it is approaching San Diego territory when it comes to movie stars, TV show stars, screenings, that sort of thing. So if you're into that, I think there's lots of that for you all to do. Um, and I would encourage all of you to spend lots of time in the main section and in the interview areas. Uh, uh, yes. uh, if you want to pop in the Artist Alley on Sunday... It might be worth your while. Otherwise, I would just leave Artist Alley alone. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, in all seriousness, we will be there with bells on. Um, I know some people have asked whether there's going to be an EOC get-together. Remains to be seen. Uh, you know, it is New York City, and it's pretty tough to to formally reserve a spot um, without guaranteeing the spot a, a, a pretty sizable amount of cheddar. Um, so we'll, well, I guess we'll play that more by ear. We will be spending one night out on the town though. So, um, so whether that means, you know, we'll get a meal together or whether it means y'all be hanging out with us, there will be one night where we're definitely hanging out in the town. Uh, and we'll, I guess we'll, we'll let y'all know through the social networks, uh, the details of that if you're in town. Um, also, uh, please don't forget, we started the show this way, but we need to remind you in your travels, go to the new, improved and exciting forums. 11oclockcomics.com will take you right to the forums now. And that's with the number 11. Uh, last week and, or maybe two weeks ago, we talked about the amazing Humble Bundle that was going on at the time with Valiant. And they have turned over to a new Comics Humble Bundle. And it is the Oni Press Humble Bundle. Uh, looks pretty cool. Um, Speaking of Charles Soule, uh, his letter 44, volume one is included. You've got the Sixth Gun, volume one. Uh, you've got Bad Machinery, volume one. The Autor. You've, oh, nice. You've got Rucka and, and, and Southwhite's, uh, Stumptown, volume one. Uh, a bunch of volumes of Scott Pilgrim. You've got our good friend, Mr. Chris Somney, in his, I believe, first published comic work, Capote in Kansas. Uh, written by Mr. Uh, Andy Parks. You've got Helheim Volume 1. Uh, the first volume, I think it's the first volume, of Courtney Crumrin. Uh, you've got The Bunker, which we've talked about before. So, And again, you donate what you want to get all this goodness. So, can't go wrong. It's another can't miss. Um, so, it's, uh, if, 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 you, if you didn't get enough last week with The Valiant and $450 worth of comics weren't enough for you, then you could grab another couple hundred bucks worth uh, from Oni this time out. And then last but certainly not least, if you want to read something in your travels, uh, although we did talk about a crap ton of books already, um, I think you guys talked about this a couple weeks ago when I wasn't on the show, um, but I did want to just co-sign, which is the uh, the Little Nemo Return to Slumberland uh, by mm-hmm. IDW, uh, written by Eric Schanauer with ridiculously... Uh, astoundingly good, uh, cartooning by Gabriel Rodriguez. Uh, it, it, the guy's a master. He really is. Yep. Um, I, I don't know how else to say it. He, he, he consistently banged out, uh, top notch work, uh, on lock and key for three and a half years. And then he's following it up with a series that, uh, lets him draw just about anything that 
he and Shanahan can think up in their minds. So, um, uh, I'm totally on board with this. And, and I've never been a big little Nemo guy. I mean, not, not that I haven't been, I just, it's not something uh, that I have, have much experience with, but, uh, so I, I, I jumped into this mainly because of Rodriguez, but, uh, it was cool. It was, it was a, a very cool concept and, and, and you can definitely, uh, see that they're going to have a lot of fun, uh, with the unbridled creativity that comes with portraying somebody's, uh, deep sleep. So. Yep. Keep, keep on keeping on. I think the second and issue I, drops soon, right? Yeah, it's a uh, bi-monthly. Right, Just that's because, what I mean. It's coming soon, right? Yeah, it should be yeah. out in two, three weeks. It was one book where I think the repetitiveness of the plot worked in its favor. Like, the, uh, for those who haven't read it, there's something that's putting the kibosh on this um, second Nemo from actually getting to Slumberland. Uh, the, the princess keeps trying to get him there, and things keep happening that stopped that from occurring but in the end because and it keeps building and building he gets closer and closer and at the end you're just like oh man and i think that really worked well in that first issue Mm -hmm. yeah it's great stuff and it's like jason said wow is it gorgeous so hey you people thank you for being here with us once again if you want to be with us here next week you can get the next one of these the same place you found the old one of these um and we keep doing this david keeps working his fingers down to the little bony nubs because he loves you so very much we all do it's it's a fact of life so yeah <laughs> and more like so, the blair facts of life than uh, than for the duty <laughs> The duty. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett. Oh, I would, uh, I would pound Mrs. Garrett. Yeah, you would. To get her away from you? Or? Nah, she's just got life knowledge, man. <laughs> A lot of life knowledge. Hey, thanks, thanks for being here. We'll be back next week. And don't forget, come to the new forum, 11 o'clockcomics.com. 1 1. Not not type out eleven one one, and we'll see you next week. We'll you'll hear us next week, and we'll see you guys next week. We will. We haven't decided on when we're going to do the next one, but it will be before New York City. So, obviously, yeah. Say goodnight, David. David. Wow, it's uncanny. Right? I know. Uncanny like the X Men. Leaving that in. Oh, please do. All right.